0: Good morning. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn Clark. He's Griffin. Carson is in here. Carson has like a very. Uh, how old are you, Carson? Hang on. Turn Carson's Carson's mic on. Yeah. How old are you? I'm 20. You cast a uh, like. Uh, you, I don't. Imposing is the wrong word, but because it's not imposing, but it's um. You you like uh. You, you, you come off like you're a man already. Like, you know, Thank like you. you're Thank uh, you. like I look over and I'm like there's like a doctor sitting next to me or something like Thank that. Thank you, Glenn. Jeez. It's actually uh, I don't I don't care for it actually. Oh, really? I think I might want you to back up. <laughs> I think I might want you to I don't I don't I don't like it. Um got a lot to do on the program today. Coming up a little bit later on. Uh, this hour we will talk NBA finals. Obviously the Celtics go up 2-1 with uh emphatic performance last night holding off a stirring comeback by the Warriors in the third quarter as they go up 2-1 in the series. We'll catch you up with Tony Massenberg, former Terp, longtime NBA veteran, now with NBC Sports Washington. Get his thoughts on what he saw last night. Later on this morning, we will chat with our buddy Brandon Copeland, Baltimore native, Gilman alum, veteran NFL linebacker, um, still currently a free agent, which I wonder if maybe uh, there'd be an interest in coming back to Baltimore to wrap up his career. That'd be kind of neat. Um, we will catch up with him. He's coming back to town, a community kickback event at Gilman later on this month. He'll tell us more about that. And uh, we're going to get more details. Uh, our buddy pro football doc, uh, Dr. David Chow, the former Chargers team physician, uh, he's going to check in with us a little bit later on and explain a little bit more about Grayson Rodriguez's injury. So, all of that coming up on the program today. Today's show brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel, Maryland. Great crowd last night for Game 3 of the NBA Finals. Not a long turnaround, unlike the rest of the games. you got to wait three days. Quick turnaround for Game 4. It's tomorrow night. Tomorrow night for Game 4 of the NBA Finals. If you want to be there for that or for UFC 275 on Saturday night, you need to reserve your spot right now by emailing events at sportssocialmd.com. Events at SportsSocialMD.com. Take advantage of the 61 self-service kiosks in the FanDuel Sportsbook during Game 4 of the NBA Finals or UFC 275 on Saturday night. All sorts of prop bets available for you. You can email events at SportsSocialMD.com in order to reserve your spot. Orioles rained out tonight. They will open up a four-game set tonight in Kansas City. So uh, you know what I call that a sweep a sweep baby swept those Cubs asses but they feel stupid thought they could come into Baltimore how you feeling getting swept you jerks sucks to suck doesn't it take that the Orioles averaged five home runs a game in their series against the Cubs hell yeah riding high second with that. Um, the story last night, of course, was hoops. And as some of you might remind me that I uh, I did, indeed, uh, uh, bet the, the Warriors to win the series, parlayed with Steph Curry to average 25 points a game, and I feel good about half of that. Half of that. I feel really, really good about that. Now, why you would remind me of that, I don't know. You're an a-hole. <laughs> so I don't want to talk about that right now, but you might remind me that that is a bet that I made before the, the series began. Um, Look, I I definitely, you know, I've been far too dismissive of the Celtics' uh, physicality and size. And that's the ironic part. Like, the way it's been described is their defense. And it's not as if their defense hasn't played well. Their defense has played well. But they're not winning games. The two that they've won have not been about their defense. Their defense has helped. Definitely helped. There's no doubt about that. It's that they've been imposing. And they've been fearless And the biggest difference between games, let me me do the math on this, the Warriors have outplayed the Celtics for the better part of two of the games in this series, right? Like, everything except the fourth quarter in game one, Um, the most of game two, obviously the third quarter last night, but the rest of it, the Celtics outplayed the Warriors. Um, Outside of that, when the Celtics have been at their best, it's just been... Them saying, the hell with this. And it's not true. The fourth quarter of game one, it was about Al Horford and Derek White just going unconscious. And, and that worked. But last night it was, let's attack. Because Jordan Poole and Steph Curry are not as big as we are. And if we go on the attack and we go right at the basket, we're going to find success. Let's not settle... Let's get after it. Let's take advantage of our size. I, I don't know what the Warriors do about that. One, Draymond Green's got to actually play some basketball if they're going to have any chance of winning the series. I mean, that was a putrid performance last night. And this isn't even about all the antics. I don't give a rat's ass about that stuff. Y'all get worked up about Draymond Green. I don't know what that is. We're like, we have this creepy obsession with Draymond Green. Like for some reason you root to see him lose because I I guess because he doesn't he, he talks. I'm not really sure what it is. We have this creepy obsession with Draymond Green as a society. Draymond Green's got to play basketball. Like he has to do something helpful. It'd be nice if he could knock down an open shot, but we're far beyond that. Like that's that's never coming. If the Warriors want to have a way in, Draymond Green actually has to do the things that Draymond Green is supposed to do. He has to be some sort of physical presence, not just a guy that commits six fouls and says, See ya, boys. Oliver Miller could do that once upon a time, and there is zero chance these boys have any idea who Oliver Miller is. Um, th- that, that can't be the story for Draymond Green. He has to offer something, something if this is what the celtics are going to do clay thompson got going a little bit last night i imagine that was fairly encouraging for him and for the warriors we'll see if that can translate of course the warriors path to winning this this series has always involved them them having deadly outside shooting and that can't just be steph curry like others have to knock down shots too And the funny thing was that after they got back into the game last night with Steph Curry playing out of his mind the way he's wont to do in the third quarter, they kind of went cold again from outside. They had good looks. They just missed them. And I'm not trying to be dismissive. like It's not like the Celtics aren't playing good defense, but they still had plenty of looks. They just missed them. So all that work they did to get back into the game kind of went for naught as um, they ended up going cold again. I still, you know, obviously, as I said, coming into game three, the Celtics have a slight edge, and that edge extends. But game four is still really critical. The the notion that this means the Celtics are going to run away with the series, that's not the case. It's the exact same scenario as it was in Golden State. If the Warriors can turn around, recover, and win that game, all of a sudden they have a decided advantage in the series. Because they'd take back home, f- home court, and they would put things sort of on their bats, if you will, to win the NBA Finals. What's going to happen? I, I don't know. I mean, again, I get it. It's a slight edge to the Celtics because they're up 2-1, and they've got
1: home court. And I think it's fair to expect, uh, you know, Golden State should bounce back. Like Draymond Green is not going to have another performance like that. There's, yeah,
0: but we could say something like it's not even on again. again by the way, it's so funny before, in the two games the Celtics have lost, Jason Tatum hasn't played particularly well in either game that they've won. So to your point, yes, Draymond Green could play better, but Jason Tatum could still play better too. Like he's still kind of not playing, certainly not playing the way we'd seen him play in the rest of these playoffs. Um, he's playing fine. He's letting the game come to him. But the story last night was way more Jalen Brown and Marcus Smart than it was about Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum has not been an elevated superstar in this series whatsoever, and we've seen plenty of signs that he could be an elevated superstar. So, yeah, I think you're right. Draymond absolutely could turn around and play far better in game four, cut down on the BS, play basketball, impose himself, be an imposing force, and that could go a long way, but I still think there's a chance that Jason Tatum has a game where he could just go off in this series and score 50 points and be a difference maker because of it. So again, slight edge, slight edge to the Celtics. You have to give them; they're up two one. They're at home. Of course, they have a slight edge, but I think it's a slight edge. Game four. The, the, I, we all want to project an entirety of a series, and sometimes you can. Sometimes it's easy to look at three games, and even if one team managed to win one, you say, yeah, but look at who this team was, what didn't have for that game, or look at how poorly they played, or whatever it is. And it's easy to say, hey, look, because of those reasons, it's pretty clear to me that this is the better team. I don't have that. What I have right now is the Celtics are the bigger and more physical team. By the way, the other weird bit we're doing is the bit where we're pretending like the 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 Warriors are getting the benefit of the officiating. What a weird bit that is! Like I don't. Th- there's so much weird going on here. There's a weird where like we don't like Draymond Green, and somehow for some reason that's like means part of the country doesn't like the Warriors because of it. Forgetting that Boston is the single most unlikable city in the entire country. Like there's literally not a more unlikable city or unlikable fan base than Boston sports fans. I if they were playing Duke, I'd have to think about who I wanted to win. That's how unlikable Boston is. They're not they're <laughs> playing the Warriors who have Steph Curry, the most likable star in all of basketball and who typically play a pretty beautiful brand of the game. We're just I I guess there's this weird Draymond thing that's making people think like it's confusing as to who to root for in this series. It's not one of them is Boston. You don't root for them. Ever. Have you heard of the Red Sox? Have you heard of the Patriots? Same city. Not a hard choice. Unless you're from there, in which case, again, you're probably not listening because you're busy being an asshole. Like, that's who you are. That's the entirety of that community. There's no way of getting around that. But I'm not telling you that I'm a huge Warriors fan either. In fact, I'm not. I know they're by far the lesser of the evils in this scenario. And yes, obviously I bet a little bit on them, more on this one particular uh, parlay that involves them winning. So I would like to I would like to win that. That would be that would be lovely. I'd prefer if that were the case, but I get it. Not everybody else did the same thing, and I can understand that. I'm I'm still befuddled. Befuddled by how this is spun off to, and now the Warriors are getting all the calls. Which I think is specifically related to the idea that Draymond Green didn't pick up a second technical foul in game two, when maybe he could have. Now, I believe, as sports fans, we would far prefer if the players didn't get taken out of the games. Now, maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe we all would rather watch the players get ejected, and the last guy is on the bench playing each series. But I would vastly myself prefer for the actual players to remain in the games unless they do something so egregious that there's simply no choice. Like, if you punch someone, and I'd be stunned by this, but if Steph Curry were to punch Marcus Smart, okay, eject him. I get it. I understand. But short of that, I would like to think that on the whole, we as the collective society would prefer that the officials do everything in their power to not remove players from games unless they absolutely must. So somehow we've conflated Draymond Green not getting a second technical foul in game two with the Warriors getting the benefit of the calls which makes no effing sense because do we know which team is vastly more physical than the other? The one who's absolutely getting away with all sorts of contact. It's the bigger team. It's the team that plays more aggressive defense. A lot of weird things we're doing. Like, like we're just establishing new realities for whatever reason, the Warriors, the Celtics got to beat the Warriors and the refs. What are you talking about? In fact, I don't remember who it was on the breakaway dunk last night. I'm stunned that the the dunk that Jordan Poole missed. Like I'm stunned they called a foul on it because they haven't called at all any of the hooks or grabs with the one hand ahead of block attempts with the right hand. Nobody in Boston has been called for a foul on that. All series long until suddenly one of them last night. And then they were so stunned by it, they were bitching about it. and I think it was smart. Who was like, go back. Go back and look. Review it. And you immediately saw the replay and you're like, dude, you're grabbing the guy and holding him with your left hand. What are you talking about? Review it. Are you drunk? But they've gotten away with it so often that they literally can't believe it would be called as a foul. At this point, I assume that's just the way it's going to go for the rest of the series. The Celtics have been able to get away with playing a far more physical, aggressive brand of defense that, like it or not, involves what are fouls by the letter of the law. But I'm okay with that. I get it. We don't really want everything that could be called a foul to be called a foul because this goes back to wanting the players to stay on the floor. I don't want everybody to just pick up six fouls and be out of the game. What is the Warriors' answer to that? I don't know. I I don't know.
1: It's gonna have to be to play better, for sure.
0: Thank you, dynamite. Score I more man. points than the other team. They don't call him the best color analyst in baseball for nothing. It's, it's a hell of an observation, Griffin. Now I I mean, I, let me throw this out there. I think it's fair to say they'll I, make I, more I, shots. I, hang on, Doc. They shot very I got poorly. A, I got a <laughs> thought. I say they play better. Wow. I'm here. We should probably call Steve Kerr. I bet he hadn't thought of that. That's why you're here. That's that's why he's here. That's the reason. Um Look, man, I you know, I, part of it is going to have to involve them you know, I say being more unafraid. It's not really about being unafraid because you can be as unafraid as you want when a dude that's 6-7 is stalking behind you. That dude's going to have advantage on you if you're not 6'7". So I don't, I don't. again, this goes back to me, not Glenn Clark Radio. I don't have the answers. I don't know. And for a lot of people, it's why they believe, that they believe going into the series, that the Celtics ultimately were the better team, because they just looked and said, this team is bigger than that team is. And this team is able to play more defense because of it than that team is. And because of that, I'm convinced. I mean, I hear you. If if that was what you believe coming into the series through three games, you feel like your argument has been backed up. You feel like you've made a strong point. And, and we'll see. Uh, you might very well. It might be that you've been you've be proven to be right. I The other thing, too, is if the Celtics win game four, the question becomes is the series just kind of over at that point. And I don't think that's necessarily the case. I... You know, obviously we saw the Warriors blow a 3-1 lead just a few years back. Um, it helps when you have two of the games potentially being at home. It helps the idea that you can go home. If you win that game, you make it 3-2. All you got to do is win one game in Boston. Like, it 3-1, especially when then the t- that team, what the, what the Cavaliers did, having to win two on the road in a 3-1 situation, far more difficult. And what the Warriors would have to do in a 3-1 situation, winning two or to just win two at home and only having to win one on the road. So if it was the other way around, right, like if they were down 3-1 and going back to Boston for game five, then, this, then I would say at that point the series is probably over. But even if Golden State were to lose game four, I wouldn't be ready to say the series is necessarily over. It don't look great, but I wouldn't be able to, willing to say that. We'll see what happens. Game four again tomorrow night. Uh, quickly from Mount Knowing's Mills yesterday, John Harbaugh says he expects Lamar Jackson to be there at the mandatory camp next week and, you know, we as we said all along, if that's the case, all's good. If that's the case, it is still quite possible that everything we've heard about this can be true and... Lamar Jackson can continue focusing on trying to win a Super Bowl and being unconcerned about making less money than he could make this season for whatever reason. He can just decide that he doesn't like money and he can play for the lesser figure that he will get paid this season than what he would get paid if he agreed to a deal. All of these things can remain true if he shows up next week and if he's there for the start of training camp and he's ready to go. If all of that remains true, and presumably if he's there next week, he'll meet with the media and He'll be asked a lot of these questions. He'll be asked directly, "Do you intend to show up at the start of training camp?" And if he says yes, then you know, obla di obla da, Desmond the barrow of the marketplace, the whole thing, right? Like we're all all's good. It's it's got to happen first, right? Like first he's got to show up. It, John Harbaugh saying he expects him to show up doesn't it, it means something, but it's not as important as him actually showing up. Like he's got to do that. And if he does, we'll listen to whatever it is that he has to say. And the most likely scenario will be that he'll say, hey, look, it's voluntary camp. I was doing other things. I was doing what I do in order to get ready for the start of the season. I was working with my trainers. I was working with my coaches. I was doing that stuff. And that's fine. It's 1,000% fine no matter what idiocy you want to try to project, it's completely and totally fine. What's also fine is if that's not the truth. It's also fine if we find out that at the end of the day, he isn't okay with not having a deal. And the stories about him just wanting to wait and try to go win a Super Bowl or whatever... If that's not true, and he says, no, I want a deal, and if I don't have a deal, I'm not going to be here for the start of training camp, I'm also fine with that. Because this makes less sense than that, as I've said a million times. It makes absolutely zero sense in the world that a quarterback is choosing not to use his leverage and just openly agreeing to play for less money this season than what he would get if he demanded a new contract. This is nonsensical. It's his right. Lamar Jackson is an adult. He may do whatever he would like. If he does not want money, he does not like money, he may do that. I, I am certainly not here. I am not. Uh, I have no connection remotely to Lamar Jackson. I am not in his inner circle. I- if I were, I would not recommend. I would say, hey, get your money. Why play for... 20-some million dollars this year when you could instead play for 30-some million dollars this year. I, I, I'll i take a very small part in order to be willing to help with that. But that's me. Lamar can do whatever he wants. If he shows up next week, the Ravens presumably have nothing to worry about. I mean, at some point, they still have to get a deal done. At some point, they do still have to address it if the story is... Lamar really wants to go to free agency for whatever weird reason because someone has convinced him that's the only way that you have leverage, which, as we know, factually speaking, is not correct. But if someone has convinced him of that, that the only way you can get leverage is by getting to free agency, then that is a problem for the Ravens. And if that's what he's told them is, I intend to go to free agency, they still have to deal with that at some point. Not now. They can worry about that after the season because they still have the leverage by virtue of the franchise tag. But they have to deal with it at some point. At some point, they got to think about, is it best for us to just let this dude stay for two years at escalating salary cap figures? Or is it better for us, if he's going to leave anyway, to try to get as much as we possibly can by trading him? But these are all hypotheticals because we just don't know We have no idea what's going on with Lamar Jackson, and it's also totally possible that he'll show up next week, speak to the media, and the media will ask him all these questions, and he'll say, I don't really want to talk about that. And so we'll have no further clarity about what's going on with Lamar Jackson, which is of no help to those of us that do two-hour internet radio shows every day. That helps us in no way because we're just spitballing and saying the same crap each and every day because we don't have answers I would love to be far more informed and, and speak more intelligently, but I don't know. And I can't make sense of it in any way. You can't get me to make sense of what's going on here. No matter how badly you try, no matter how much you want to say something, the facts don't line up with any of this making a lick of sense. It makes no sense. Well, but Lamar's just waiting for the next guy to set the market. When the next guy sets the market, you can go back and ask for more money. It's what all of the quarterbacks do. There's no top quarterback that says, ah, gee, all the other quarterbacks are getting paid more than me. But you know what? I'm really happy to not get that money. I'll just sit back and enjoy getting paid far less than them, despite being better than them, with, of course, the exception of Tom Brady, because his wife was a Brazilian supermodel, and the Patriots were instead funneling money to his charity, and nobody wanted to talk about that. we are all like, look at that good guy, Tom Brady. They're like, hey, you notice that... uh, the Tom Brady Foundation is getting an awful lot of money from the Patriots. Oh, say that's weird. Well, I'm sure it's just because he's such a good guy. I'm sure the two are unrelated. Um, there was the other story yesterday that that people were getting worked up about as Cooper Cup gets a huge deal and everybody and and, and Aaron Donald this week, and everybody says. What, do the the Rams have a different salary cap than everybody? And the answer is yes. This goes back to cash over over cap. This has always existed. The ability to just pay insane bonus structures that don't count against the cap, to just put everything into a bonus and make it cash instead. This has always existed. Stan Kroenke and the Rams, who got a billion-dollar stadium, was hell-bent to get out of the St. Louis market because he realized, hey, there's a lot more money to be made in Los Angeles. Maybe I should be there. Took advantage of it and said, we'll pay insane bonus structures and we'll take it out of cat figures and we'll just pay more money than everybody else pays for football players. And everybody else can compete however they want to compete. We're going to compete the way that we want to compete. They got a Super Bowl out of it. I mean, before they gave Donald and, and Cup more money, but they got a Super Bowl out of it. Who's telling them they're wrong? Who's telling them it's the bad way of doing business? It's not a way that smaller market teams are going to be able to do business. Steve Bisciotti is not that wealthy. The Ravens are not that wealthy. They can't spend like that in cap, sorry, in bonus money maybe makes it more embarrassing that like the giants and the jets have been so bad for so long because like they could do this to try to get better football but they just don't um and also i think there might be an honor among thieves with these owners that a lot of them have sat back and said well look we don't want to we're trying to keep the costs down we're not trying to spend the way that he's spending i'm not sure but um i get why it is that we ask if the cap is real when we see things like that and the answer is always is no the cap is not real I don't know why you keep pretending. And somebody says, whenever whenever there's a moment when somebody comes available and people start saying, well, I'd like the Ravens to go after him," there's always a group of people that think they're very smart that say, oh, you guys have no idea what you're talking about. The cap ramifications of that would never work. And then there's the next group of people who's smarter than that who say, there is no cap. There is always something you can do if you want a player. Always, always and forever a way to go about doing it you just got to figure out what that is. And if you want to, which is the next part of the question. Today's show, also brought to you by the print issue of PressBox, which is only available for a few more days. Adley Rutchman is on the cover. Great story from Luke Jackson. Go pick it up right now at your neighborhood Royal Farms, any of the hundreds of locations around town where you find PressBox. Read it all, pressboxonline.com. We'll talk more about the finals. Former Terp, former uh, longtime NBA forward Tony Massenberg. Joins us next. It's Glenn Clark Radio. Hey, Birdland families. This Father's Day, join the O's in celebrating Dad at the
2: yard as they take on the Tampa Bay Rays Sunday, June 19th at 1:35. Go above and beyond by treating Dad to a fun-filled day with the entire family. Make sure to get to the ballpark early because the first 10,000 fans, ages 15 and over, will receive an Orioles golf visor. Dad's Day done right this year with the O's. Don't wait until the last
3: minute when planning Father's Day. Secure your tickets now at Orioles.com slash tickets.
0: Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sundae with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Glorydaysgrill.com to find out more great food,
3: good sports. The 2022 baseball season is in full swing and the future is brighter than ever for your Baltimore Orioles. I'm Paul Valley, And I'm Zach Goodman. And together we bring you the bat around every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon with everything you need to know about the Orioles and baseball as a whole. From veterans like Cedric Mullins, Austin Hayes, and Ryan Mountcastle. To young stars like Adley Rutschman, Grayson Rodriguez, and D.L. Hall. We've got you covered for every game, every pitch, and every debut. You can watch us at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline and Facebook.com slash sports, or you can listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. So join us live on the bat every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at PressBox Sports.
0: The Toyota Tacoma comes in a wide range of models and trim lines. You can choose the perfect Toyota to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out BuyAToyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota
3: dealer today. It's statistically proven that the show sounds better if you're not wearing pants. Like me, right now, you're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: All right, back in here on GCR. By the way, the PGA Tour did make it official this morning. Uh, Jay Monahan informed tour membership today that players competing without releases are suspended. And ineligible to participate in tour-sanctioned competition. Of course, that does not include next week's U.S. Open, which is not a PGA Tour-sanctioned event that is governed by the USGA. So it also does not include the British Open. There will be a decision that we made um, by uh, by those folks at some point. But uh, the Live Golf thing, which apparently got underway today. I was not the only one. I I guess I thought it was tomorrow. It was a Friday through Sunday thing. But apparently it got underway today. Um those players have officially been suspended by the PGA Tour for their participation in that event. So that's what's going on there. What's going on in Boston is the Celtics are up two one in the NBA finals. By the way, uh John Proctor said the only time I root for Boston is when the Patriots play the Steelers. I don't even root for them then. I just root for misery. Like I'm not I'm not rooting for anyone. I get it. It might be more directly helpful if the Steelers lose, but I don't root for it. There's just it doesn't happen. You'll never get me. I root for what happened in The Dark Knight Rises. Right. Yeah. A lot of people will say that. Like you, you just want the world to end. Like we'd prefer it that way. A bane comes out. Um, the Celtics are up two-one though. They are two wins away from an NBA title. Joining us now to tell us a little bit more about what he's seen in the NBA Finals. He is of course a former Terp, man who played in the league for quite some time. Now you see him on NBC Sports Washington. He is our buddy Tony Massenburg, and he's with us now here on GCR. Tony, what's up, buddy? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for having me. It's good to chat with you, man. I am um, I'm trying to figure out what the Warriors do because, admittedly, I don't like root for the Warriors, but I did put in uh, maybe a wager that involved uh, Steph Curry uh-huh. averaging 25 points per game and the Warriors winning the title. What do they right. do about the size issue? Like how I know that's why somebody would say, "Hey, idiot, this is why the Celtics were always going to win the series." Okay, fine, but I can't do anything about that now. So what do the Warriors do about overcoming the fact that the Celtics are just playing bigger than them? And as many people as scream that the Warriors the one's getting the calls, the Celtics very clearly are able to play far more physically with this being the nba finals and no one has any real interest in being aggressive about the calling fouls
4: well the problem for the warriors right now is that they lack production offensively outside of clay thompson and steph curry and they're not getting consistent help offensively against a team like boston who is excellent defensively and really breaks your rhythm and, and makes you uncomfortable you look at Steph Curry and Klay Thompson in particular, the Celtics have been playing very physical with both of these guys. I mean, they're making it difficult, and yet they're still finding a way. Steph Curry in particular is still finding a way to put up big numbers offensively, but it's taken a toll on him. And you look at Klay Thompson, who's clearly struggled this series and had one of his best games last night, and yet it still wasn't enough mostly because there was no production from Draymond Green, not a lot of production from Jordan Poole. These are guys that have to step up and play a pivotal role on the offensive end. And when you look at what Boston does defensively, because they're able to switch one through five, and they also bring off another excellent defender in Grant Williams, who can also make life difficult for the likes of Clay Thompson and some of these other guys. That's a real problem when you look at the offense. And, you know, for me, I said this at the top of the series, that the Boston Celtics had a real advantage on the interior. If they forced the ball into right. the paint, as they started to do uh, later, uh, these last, uh, this last game in particular, where you just see them pounding the Warriors, who are a smaller team on the front line, featuring Draymond Green, who's been rendered relatively ineffective against the size of the Boston Celtics. It's going to be a tall task for the Golden State Warriors to pull themselves out, out guys hitting shots at a, at, a, at a very high clip. And right now, the defense that Boston is playing is just too much combined with the size and the rebounding and the second-chance efforts were tremendous last night by the Boston Celtics.
0: How much of the Draymond issue is basketball versus all of the other stuff that, like, just the – the antics, the, the chat, the chatter, all that has gotten into his head at this point. Like, how much of it is just Boston's too big, too good versus maybe there's a Draymond problem where he's getting sucked in a little bit with all the other nonsense.
4: Uh, there's uh, there's a slight issue with him uh, with the antics, but that is who Draymond is. I don't. I'm not paying attention to that. I don't think the Boston Celtics crowd is taking him out of his game. As much as the size of the Boston Celtics is really affecting him, we got to remember now, Draymond Green has got several points. He's not a young player. He doesn't have the he doesn't have the same athleticism that he did his first three years in the league. And what you're seeing against a guy like Robert Williams, who is super athletic at almost six foot eleven, Al Harford is still athletic enough at six. And there are several times where you just see that that size and that athleticism come into play, whether it be second-chance opportunities, offensive rebounds, blocking shots, running the court, you know, whatever it is, changing shots, it's making life very difficult for the Warriors' front line. And for Draymond, an undersized power forward to literally be the only true big that they have that can even compete uh, consistently. I I like what Yvonne Looney gives you sometimes, but right now, He's just outclassed athletically by the likes of Robert Williams. And he's, Robert Williams is really making a difference for the Celtics on the interior. And I think when I look at this series now, the Celtics have more or less figured out the Da Vinci Code in the way of figuring out the Warriors, meaning they're going to play physical with them. They're going to pound them on the interior and they're going to challenge them.
5: To stop them in the paint.
0: Right, right, and that's look when you that when you have that size advantage, it's exactly what you should do. There's no question about that. He is Tony Massenberg. He's with us here on Glenn Clark Radio. Tony, what's what's the story on Jordan Poole? What happened to him?
4: The Boston's defense is what happened to Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole um, is a great basketball player and certainly has a, a bright future in this league. But right now, he's going through some growing pains. He's realizing that levels to this he's never been in a playoff series of uh, of any type let alone this magnitude when you're talking about the Warriors and the dynasty that they've built and the pressure that comes with with playing for a dynasty in the championship round he's seeing another level of defense from the Boston Celtics that are featuring wings that are bigger and stronger than he is and guys that can that can stay in front of him even when the bigs the fours and fives Al Harford and Williams and uh, Robert Williams, when these guys get switched off on the Jordan Poole, he has a hard time separating from these guys. And, and that makes it, like, really difficult because you're used to getting mismatches at different times if you're the Warriors. But when you switch with the Boston Celtics, one thing, also looking at a team that's featuring the defensive player of the year and right. Marcus Smart, who's also their emotional leader.
0: Um. Okay. Is there still a chance that the Warriors could go out and Clay and Steph can just go nuts in Game Four and 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 hit thirty threes and none of this matters? There's absolutely a chance. Yeah.
4: Um. That the probability, though, I believe, has gotten slim. Uh. When we talk about going from Game One to now Game Four because of the adjustments that the Boston Celtics have made, and right now I'm looking at Steve Kerr and I'm questioning what is the adjustment that he's going to make? He's, we've seen him make multiple adjustments plenty of time over the course of this organization's championship runs. But right now, uh, and again, I said this at the top of the series, that this would be the most challenging team for the Golden State Warriors of any team they have faced defensively because they have never seen a team with this type of size that also has the ability to go back and score with them and can make shots from behind the three and are relentless defensively. So I I, I picked the Warriors in six because I, I literally said that if they didn't get this done within six games, I felt like the physicality of Boston would start to wear on them. And, and, and I gave the edge to the Warriors strictly because of their shooting, because of Steph Curry being the best shooter we've ever seen, playing alongside Klay Thompson, who is one of the best shooters we've ever seen, and I, there's always a chance, mm-hmm. but when you're playing defense like this, uh, like the Boston Celtics are defending, and and they're a team that's hungry, that's never been in the championship round, um, as a unit, they see it, they can smell it, and you can see it in their eyes, the way that they play.
0: Well, and, and you know, look, I, we talked earlier uh, on the show, Tony, about, like, yes, Draymond could play better, and, yeah, Clay and Steph could just go off. There's still the other side of this, which is, Boston's in this position, despite the fact that like Jason Tatum hasn't even been really like, at all superhuman through three games. There's still in a world in which he could play better than he's played so far.
4: Well, and that's what's discouraging if you're a Golden State Warriors fan. When you look at the Celtics, Tatum has not been quote-unquote spectacular. He's been solid, but we know that most of the time he's spectacular, and he hasn't had a spectacular game yet, so if you're already down without literally what a lot of people have said is supposed to be the best player on the court and Jason Tatum and he hasn't played well. Jalen Brown has, has been consistent. You've seen what the other guys have given him. The bench has been given tremendous production. The defense has been consistent and the shot making uh, outside of game two, the shot making has been there for the Boston Celtics and they've made big shots when they need them. So if they're going to continue to be this efficient offensively to where they the Golden State Warriors defense is not affecting them nearly as much as the Celtics defense is affecting the Warriors. Yeah, as I said, it's gonna be a tall task if you're a Golden State Warrior fan right now.
0: No doubt. No doubt about it. All right, Tony Massenberg, it's been a little while since you and I have chatted. I haven't had a chance to chat with you since Maryland hired their new coach. I just wanted to get your thoughts, you know, what 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 do you make of the hiring of Kevin Willard, what you've seen from him so far? You know, he schedules a home and home with UCLA. Uh, which is pretty freaking aggressive for a team that, you know, might might need a little while with a new coach to try to get where they're going. Um, what do you think so far about the new head coach at Maryland?
4: Well, first of all, I, I love the aggressive scheduling because uh, what that says is that you know we're we're coming out swinging and uh, you know we're not soft pedaling this thing at all because we have a first year coach. Uh, you know, he clearly has a ton of experience and and, and has a good resume. Uh, But it's going to be, you know, a wait-and-see process in my mind because, once again, the transfer portal to me has changed college basketball because now teams are are almost – it's almost uh, looks like professional basketball even more so because when you think about the professional uh, league, there's change, there's addition, uh, draft picks, you know, uh, teams add free agents. But when you look at college basketball, the entire – roster is going through a change seemingly every year and so with that being the new mantra for college basketball I think it it takes some time to see what it is that you really have and 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 seeing if the talent you've assembled can actually develop some good chemistry on the court so I want to see how things go uh in preseason, and 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 then I'll really start to form my opinion about what we're doing at the University of Maryland and how good the team is Middle way through the season, as sure, the guys start to feel sure, a little bit.
0: Sure. It doesn't hurt that they finally got somebody from Dematha and Jameer Young. Like It's nice that maybe that freeze is, is, is over. I never really understood why that was a thing to begin with. Hopefully, there'll be more Dematha kids that sign up to play in the years to come. Tony. Hopefully, uh, that opens the floodgate. No doubt, man. No doubt. I, I know it's, of course, at Tony Massenberg on Twitter. What else can I plug for you? What else do you have going on? Uh,
4: Tony Massenberg. I'm on Instagram as well, uh, Facebook. Um, my book is still selling well. The book yep. I wrote with Walt Williams called "Lessons from Lenny," where we talk about the positive influence that Lynn Bias had on us. Um, I played with Lynn Bias uh, for one year as a freshman, and Walt Williams came to Lynn, came to the University of Maryland two years later and it was it was there that I learned about his love for Lynn Bias as well, and, and we shared a lot of stories and talked about the positive influence that he had on not just us but the university and several others. Who would come to the university because of men bias and the legacy that he established? Uh,
0: it is. It's a great read. Um, I read the entire book a couple years back. It's a. It's an outstanding read, and, and I really appreciated you guys doing it, Tony Massenberg. Well,
4: thank you, thank you. We really
0: appreciate that, Tony Massenberg. Always appreciate you taking the time for us. Sir, have a uh, great day. Let's catch up again real soon. All right. It's... All right. Let's do it. Thanks for having me, Tony Massenberg. Checking in with us here on GCR not feeling great not feeling great about the uh, the the warriors completing the other half of the bet that i played before finals not uh, not feeling so good about that um from uh, this is good from ryan ryan says glenn i know you're not a golf guy but i wanted to really dive into your thoughts about this as someone who has spoken about the free market before It sounds like you're still conflicted about this live thing. Ultimately, I feel as though everyone has the right to go do however they want to do things. I think you meant whatever. Uh, Whatever, I'm getting lost in the minutia. However they want to do things in order to make money and that we shouldn't be in their pockets. If this is a better system for them, and economically it appears clear that they are, why does it matter? I know that people have accused others of whataboutism, but there is certainly something to be said for... If we really knew all of the details of everyone we got our money from, we probably wouldn't be happy about it. Um, Ryan, you're right about a couple things in there. One, I am certainly, in no ways, does the future of the PGA Tour impact Glenn Clark whatsoever, because I don't care. I'm not a golf guy. I will never care. There is, I will not watch a single hole of the Canadian Open. I will not watch a single hole of the... Live. I don't even. What, what do they? What do they even call their events? Do they even have a name for them? Is there a name for this thing in London, or is it just? I'm, I'm not sure. I genuinely have no One idea. One
6: thing that. I do know is that the purse for like a pretty much last place finish can be as much as like 120. Well, you get the, you, you 000, get like an, a, an appearance astronomically fee just more for playing. Whereas if you don't you make
0: the cut on yeah. a PGA Tour event, you don't get paid. Exactly. Now you can still make sponsor money. There's still plenty of ways for you to make money, but you don't. From the event itself, you make no money if you miss the cut on the PGA Tour. Right. I think they're officially calling it the Live Golf
1: International Series.
0: But, like, this specific event. I guess it's just, like,
1: weekend one, maybe? I don't, yeah. I don't
0: know what's, if this...
6: What's, do we know what city it's in? It's London, in London. It's in so, London. I guess it's the International Series, the London... But you just yeah, you're you don't you don't know that. You're, you're just talking out of your I'm just speculating. Head. Yeah, I'm just speculating.
0: The I'll never care, because I'll never watch these things. You guys know... I watched. um, I watched. You know, I went out for Saturday when uh, the BMW was here, and I watched the the final round because it was here. If it wasn't here, I wouldn't watch that. I try to watch major championships. Admittedly, I watched almost none of the PGA, including who is the dude that uh, that yacked it up on eighteen and hit in the water. I have already forgotten the guy's name. The guy that was going to win his first major. It was Perez. What the hell was that guy's name? Boy, a bunch of golf guys in this one, apparently. (laughs) bunch of guys that are really on top of what's going on in the world of golf. Appreciate it. Hang on a second. PGA Championship. Oh,
1: no, boy. Yeah, I got nothing. (coughs) No. No golfer. Mito Pereira
0: is his name. Sorry. Jesus Christ. I said Perez. Mito Pereira. (laughs) It's close enough. Yeah, it was in the neighborhood, I guess. Mito Pereira. I was not watching because I had a radio show to do, and then I, I had something else I had to do that day. Um, but, like, I try. I try during major championships to tune in on Sunday, at least to have the ability to have the conversation come, come Monday. But that's the most you'll ever get out of me. I don't care about going. Billy Hurley, former Navy golfer and guy who lives here, was, was winning the Tiger Woods event down in D.C. I watched that because I know the guy. But short of that, it ain't for me. So this really is of no concern for me. And I, I shed no tears for the PGA Tour. I don't think the PGA Tour is some holier-than-thou um, institution within our country that, that has to be um, protected at all costs. I think for the most part, they're probably insufferable and unlikable. But we still, the whataboutism doesn't work for me. The, yeah, but get your money doing whatever you got to do. If these guys can sleep at night. They can sleep at night. I mean, that, that's their business. But they know exactly what they're doing. And there's no getting around it. And again, the, the bit that we do we try to say, well, yeah, well, there's things that aren't so great about America. You're damn right. There's a ton of things that aren't so great about America. I don't believe murdering journalists is at the top of the list. Now, you can say there's there's decisions that have been made that are uh, questionable about um, military operations that have happened. You can certainly criticize this country and say, well, look, you know, the president of this country is going to Saudi Arabia to try to talk about gas. Well, I mean, we all want to play stop paying $6 for gas. So, like, you know, I'm not really sure what else we should be doing at this point. I mean, I... I I'm all let's talk about anything in order to get cheaper gas. You're openly going to work. Your paychecks are being paid by a regime that is purposefully trying to get you to whitewash their atrocities. There's no getting around that. There's no whataboutism. There's none of that. If you're cool with that, You're cool with it, but ultimately, having no dog in the fight because I don't care about golf, I know what I'm not rooting for. I'm not rooting for the thing that is a sports-washing effort by a heinous group of individuals, a murderous regime. I ain't rooting for that to succeed, ever I'm not rooting for the people that sign up to be a part of it. It don't feel good. And you can keep doing all the whatever you want to do, either because you like the golfers that are involved or do not I don't I don't know. Somebody would say, hey, you know, you care about tennis. What if the, the tennis thing happened? It was the exact same thing. And my favorite tennis players, Carlos Alcaraz, Paula Bedosa. I love Coco Golf. If Serena Williams went and played on a Saudi Arabian tennis event, I'd be embarrassed for her and stop rooting for her. It's shameful. There's no getting around that at the end of the day. If the Scottish government was behind the Live Golf Tour, I wouldn't care. Go play in it. Break down. Fight the man. Do whatever you want to do. Make your money. But trying to get around the part where it is a terrorist regime. Trying to avoid that. that has committed atrocities towards people because they're gay. Trying to get around that and just say, hey, go get your money free market blah 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 there's no third party here there's no well spot your sponsor does business with them there's no step in between you are directly taking your money from those people you're never going to get me to root for that you're never going to get me on board there's no libertarian well hey you know the, live and live and let live No, that's literally the opposite of what the Saudi Arabian government believes in. And if you said this, they would probably murder you. No. Never. Now, again, I don't give a flying F about the PGA Tour. Do not care. Will not care and my gut is if i knew how they did their business and what they were all about i probably wouldn't like them either but trying to compare that to this is embarrassing it's pathetic it's it should be beneath us we should be capable as a society to say one of these things is flat one of these things might have problems the other is flatly wrong this is flatly wrong. Supporting it is flatly wrong in any capacity. There's no getting around that. It doesn't mean these players should be arrested. It doesn't mean they shouldn't be allowed to live. No pun intended. Although, again, that's the reality you're walking into with your new bosses. But it means it's wrong. And we should all be capable of loudly saying that and not trying to, well, yeah, but, you know, they're just guys trying to make some money and blah, blah, blah. No, we should be able to step in and say, there's a reason why you don't do this. Even if it'll make you more money, even if it sets you up for generational wealth, we should all be capable of saying, no, I wouldn't want to do that. How corruptible are you? It's the question that I thought Justin Fenton in We Own This City was demanding we a- a- answer. The subplot, I've talked about it with Justin. If you read the book, I, I know a lot of you watch the, the series, but if you read the book, which is brilliant, there, and it's, it's just a telling of facts, there is a subtext there, and it's how corruptible are you? And we're getting our answers, A lot of us are really corruptible because we're not even getting a penny, but yet we're going out of our way to defend others who are, instead of stepping up and saying, no, this isn't okay. Today's show, also brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Whether your focus is luxury and comfort, convenience, technologically advanced connectivity, sporty performance, and aggressive styling, we've got the perfect Highlander for you. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals and new Highlanders from your local Toyota dealer today. Things that are okay is when someone from our community comes back and does good work. NFL veteran Brandon Copeland is coming back to town. We're going to chat with him about it next. Glenn Clark Radio.
4: Are you ready, soccer fans? This summer, the English Premier League returns to Baltimore. Arsenal, Everton, square off in the Charmed City match, July 16th, under the lights at M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Baltimore Ravens. This is your only opportunity to take in a Premier League match this summer in the Mid-Atlantic region.
0: Individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com. The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations, including 60 Royal Farms stores, and you can always find the entire edition, as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com That first sip
3: That first bite Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches, and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Hey, Be more The Orioles 2022
5: Birdland Summer Music Series presented by Miller Lite kicks off Friday, June 17th with Flo Rida. After the O's take on the Tampa Bay Rays, stay for the post-game concert and watch Flo Rider perform live from the infield. The concert is free to all fans to attend the game with the option to add special on-field access. With hit singles like My House and his latest single, Wait, what better way to watch Flo Rider perform live at Camden Yards on June 17th? Buy tickets now at Orioles.com music. My House. My house.
3: Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 1140. Fendel Sportsbook Assistant GM Leon Twyman and v Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 1140, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports' Brad Cronthall help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday.
0: Baseball is back, and so is the spring seasonal menu at Glory Days Grill. Start with the opener, flash-fried pork belly with our popular Korean number no. 2 sauce, and take a bite out of the Crunch Burger topped with home-run sauce, white American cheese, and house-made chips. It also features irresistible options like a baseball-cut sirloin with blue cheese, grilled shrimp with garlic butter, and a strawberry salmon salad. And then there's the closer, the Cracker Jack Sunday, with a waffle, ice cream, and Cracker Jack. This menu will be going, going, gone at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Glorydaysgrill.com to find out more great
3: food, good sports. Don't forget that full episodes of the show are available for free on Apple, Spotify, Amazon, and YouTube. But warning, you get what you pay for. You're listening to Glenn Clark Radio.
0: Yeah, that'll work. That'll work. We'll get there one of these days. One of these days we'll get there. Good morning. Glenn Clark Radio, into hour number two of the program. Coming up later on tonight on Facebook Live, Stan the Fan Charles and Gary Steiner catch up with Courtney Coppersmith, an amazing story. She is superstar pitcher for the UMBC softball team, and I mean that. like She is nationally relevant. Um, she's so overwhelmingly dominant. and She's coming back for another year to pitch at UMBC while she also pursues a Ph.D., which is very different than my own experience when I was a student at UMBC. Very, very different. That's tonight. Uh, Stan the Fan, Gary Stein, and Courtney Coppersmith on Facebook Live. If you miss it, find it uh, tomorrow, youtube.com pressboxonline or pressboxonline.com video. Speaking of really intelligent people who also happen to be high-level athletes, this dude is so smart that he teaches as an, as an, an Ivy League school on top of being an NFL player. He's coming back to town. He's got an event at Gilman on June 25th, a community kickback event. We love our friend Brandon Copeland, who's back with us now here on GCR. What's going on, brother? How are you? I cannot complain. Glenn, how you doing, man? Everything is good, man. It's good to talk to you. It's always good to have you back. I know these last couple years have been like tough for you and everything that you always try to do for your community. Like, Take me through what, what the event is has morphed into what you guys have gotten to with the community kickback on June 25th
5: yeah man uh, yeah, like you said the last year last few years have been tough for, for us all so you got to get creative and figure out ways to, to continue to make people make people smile right um, give people a reason to smile but um, super excited about the football camp this year we got over 396 kids we have 396 kids registered at this moment which is awesome um all all free but you know one of the things we wanted to do this year is just try to provide an open space for positivity and just to smile and just to relax and just to enjoy like a like a old school movie man just a, a good old time for for everybody in the community to come out so the community kickback is our first year doing it we're gonna have moon bounces face painters balloon artists dj uh tug of war potato sack races we're gonna have some food eating contests it's gonna be a, a great time we got a bunch of food trucks coming out um and already committed to serving the community and and again we're extremely excited to just bring people together for a good time some laughter some fun um and and, and just to have a good time i we we have a dunk tank as well too so, nice you know people will get the chance to kind of try to dunk you know your, your, some of your favorite nfl players from the area uh but you know I, i'm just hoping that you you don't bring your, your good Arm strength that day when I'm in the booth. Yeah,
7: right.
0: Oh, oh, you're. You know, this is where you have to. When the kids throw and miss, you got to let them dunk you anyway, right? Like you got to let. Come on, man. You can't.
5: Competition, (laughs) man. Competition, man. Listen, it's competition. You got to learn. No, I'm joking. It'll be. It'll be fun, but I I, like I said, I I I was telling my wife, I'm like, you know what? It's the kids. It's for the kids. But I don't know if I can just let a kid have unlimited tries to hit the hit the uh, the the mark. That's so pretty funny,
0: sees, right? Like, you know, so That's we'll, we'll pre- figure it out. That's pretty funny. <laughs> Again, it's coming up June 25th. So here's what we're gonna do. Uh, I've got the graphic for the event. I'm gonna have Griffin post it on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio. Is there somewhere more direct people should go to find out information? And like, do they need to sign up? Do they need to register somewhere? Can they just show up on the 25th at Gilman?
5: Yeah, you can show up, but we would appreciate if you go ahead and register. The registration uh, link is right on that flyer. Um, the link to our football camp is on my website, brandoncopeland.com. Um, but we would appreciate it if you registered just because, uh, you know, it save us time, um, save us all time on that day. Obviously, walk-ups are going to be welcome. We'll have a bunch of people walk up, but uh, we want to just avoid people waiting in line to check in and all of that type of stuff. Um, So registering will just make the day even smoother.
0: And it's for, like, obviously it's geared towards kids, but it's for anyone can come out, correct?
5: Anyone, yeah. Anyone can come out. Parents, you want to come out, bring your kids. If you just want to, you know, just want to come out and hang out and enjoy the festivities, again, we're going to have music going. Uh, We'll have some things, uh, you know, some games, life size Jenga, Connect Four. Like, you know, it should be a, a place where, Every age group should be able to come out and enjoy a good, fun day in Baltimore.
0: It'll be at Gilman School. He is Brandon Copeland, and he is a man that has done a lot for this community. Please continue to support that. And, again, you can check it out. We're going to get that flyer up at Clark Radio on Twitter for you to get more information. So let's get caught up with you. Um, You spent last year with the Falcons, uh, Ed Block Courage Award winner. You're not right now, currently on a roster. So, like, are 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 you sweating it at this? Po- I know you're not actually, because my God, there's no but no human being on the face of the planet that has more things uh, going on for him than you do, but. Like, what is the reality for you at this point? Are you confident? Hey, look, I'm just going to wait this thing out. I'm gonna, Somebody's going to sign me. Do you start saying to yourself, hey, if I'm not signed by a certain point, I just go ahead and start thinking about what the next plan for me is in life? Like, what's reality for you football-wise?
5: Yeah, man. Uh, it's an it's, uh, interesting place. Uh, so, you know, in a nice way, you know, the nice way of saying it is I'm a free agent the unemployed, right? I'm un- <laughs> unemployed, right? I'm on street. Um... <laughs> The mentally, I'm in a great place, actually. Um, you know, I think that I, I've been blessed enough to play nine years of football. And, and I, 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 I've seen a lot in this game. And I've also seen this side of the business being unemployed. And to be very blunt, my bank account looked a lot different. You know, year two, it was totally different, right? I didn't understand investing long-term and all those different things, right? I didn't have all these different things going on. I also didn't have two young, young children, um, to, to occupy my time. So mentally I'm in a great place. I'm training, I'm ready. Um, I know that that call will come and when it comes, I'm going to be ready. And I'm also going to be able to snap into, uh, that, that savage mode, uh, which will be needed to play 10 years in this NFL. Um, but you know, it is a waiting game and and I think that the, fortunate thing is I've been here before, I understand how to play it and I understand what I need to do mentally and physically to prepare my body to to be ready to go whenever that that number is called. So um yeah, you never you don't like to be waiting. However, when you look around the league, you see that there's more folks that are have been in my boat or have been in these shoes before and it kinda, you know, I don't necessarily say it puts your mind at ease. I'd love to be on a team right now. But I'm a big guy on perspective, and the perspective tells me that this gives me a lot more time to focus on my family and focus on the things that I'm building off the field. Um, and then when I go to the field, I can have a clear mind and just focus on trying to uh, sack your favorite quarterback. Uh,
0: what would it mean if if it would be Baltimore. Like I, Brent, I I know that look man you just want to play you don't you know whatever but like yeah I think we also when, when the last time we talked you acknowledged like you're you're past 30 you're not going to be doing this for 10 more years like yep, right about that. what what would that mean to you like do you find yourself saying hey have we called and asked if they would be interested <laughs> like do you do you go that route at all
5: Look I would I would I'm put it out there I would love to be in Baltimore, I would love to to uh, have an opportunity to come back as a, a veteran player and not the the wet behind the ears rookie I was years ago. Um, and, and I would love to to do it in a major way with my city and and with the the team that Baltimore has built over these these years. Um, you know, yeah. Uh, again, as a football player, you just want to put on the pads and, and right. play and hit people. But I would be lying completely if I'd said I did not want an opportunity to suit up for Baltimore. So I'll go ahead and say it, Eric DaCosta. Hey, please go ahead. And give me a call. And I, I have no ego. You know, I'll come in, I'll work out. I'll, uh, you know, do. I'll drive there myself. You don't even have to pay, pay to get me to the workout. I'll drive there myself and show you and prove to you that, that I deserve to, to go out and go to war for, for the Ravens and for this city um, this year.
0: Uh, I that bro I mean it would it would give me goosebumps if it were to play out that way it would truly give That'd me goosebumps be if you would get that opportunity to come back uh, all these years later after the place where it began for you uh, mm-hmm. technically running around in training camp um, you spent a little bit of time around somebody who is a Raven now last year um, I don't know exactly what his role might be because the Ravens have about a 6,000 running backs on this roster um, but mm-hmm. what should Ravens fans know about Mike Davis
5: Mike, man. Mike is a great, great, first of all, great person, great teammate. He'll be great in the community as well, too. Um, he was our Walter Payton Man of the Year. And I think that, you know, when you talk about some of the things before, I even talk about on the field, you want to talk about him as a, a human being, and as a person, um, you, you all have a great human being. And, and the way that he plays, uh, it's, it's Baltimore-style football, right? He's not going to be trying to run around too many people. He's going to try to run through as many people as possible, but he can. He's also versatile enough to run around people when, when needed. Um, and then, you know, again, in the locker room and on the field, again, Mike, you, you can't say too many uh, – you can never say too many great things about him because, again, he is the the exemplary professional, uh, and, and he's going to be the guy that makes the, the teammates around him better in the locker room better, and, and he brings nothing but – a smile and great energy to, to work every single day. So um, I'm excited to see him in the purple and black and uh, watch him do his thing this year.
0: I um, are are you sure he's human? Like I saw like his <laughs> his legs. I'm yeah. I'm I'm not certain that can be. I, I realize that like you guys, professional athletes, are a little bit different than guys like me. But I just didn't realize that human beings could look like that.
5: Yeah, it's ridiculous, man. I don't, I don't know what he's eating. I don't know his squat <laughs> routine, but, you know, the dude, is he's blessed, man. <laughs> bro, bro, he does
0: not, that guy seriously does not skip leg day. In fact, they're all leg <laughs> days. All. For all. My day. Every day it's is leg day for him. Truly, every single one of them is leg day for your boy. Um, <laughs> it, you know, look, Brandon, we, we talk a lot about all the things that you do, right? And I always want to give you the opportunity to tell more people about it, but, What I'm really interested in now is, again, as you've gotten this further in your career, the way it is that you're trying to look after more athletes. And, like, you're doing things for a lot of people within the community, but the way you're trying to look after more athletes and have them understand their value. We see now that, like, you know, NIL, of course, has come to college athletes and opportunities to take advantage of that. Coming into that role, like, how much have you accepted being that guy for for rookies, for guys that are coming into the league and saying, hey – Lend me your ear for a second Because I want to talk to you a little bit about What things are going to look like for the next few years And how you can best set yourself up And take care of yourself
5: Yeah, I think that it's uh, You know, everything that I Do You know, selfishly Is to make A younger Version of me That person's life Better or easier or simpler and so when you see this our football camp or this community kickback, it's literally just a dream come true because it's literally like, what what would I have loved to do as a 12,15 year- old kid?" right? Um, when it comes to the financial education, the financial advocacy, um, particularly with athletes, it's like, what are the lessons that I've learned that? If I would have learned these sooner, it would maybe have saved me a lot of mental anxiety when it came to my money. It might have saved me uh, the potential failures or Hmm. experimentation um, that I had to do with my money. Um, Or it just would have been a very good resource to have. And so I think that, you know, simply put, you know, what what we've done and what we tried to do, we actually, you know, we finished up yesterday uh, a group uh, of calls called Mastermind every Wednesday we had a bunch of current and former uh pro athletes meeting and talking shop and the conversations went from mental health and, and dealing with um how you un- unlock your mind to believe you are more than just a football player and you can be you know, you're the one percent on the field, but you can also be the potential one percent in other professions, right? Um, to so different money Uh, cues and and different experiences that we've all had with money. But long story short, it's literally just trying to provide a safe space and a resource for people to talk and have conversation. Um, and, And I think that by doing it, you allow people to learn and you prevent them from having an excuse of oh, no one ever told me this or no one ever pulled me under their wing to do X, Y, and Z, right? And so what we've done over the past few years it's been it's been awesome seeing the group grow, seeing the brotherhood and the fellowship grow, uh, but then also trying to take that and extrapolate it out to the community at large and, and that's what we what we've done and what we're doing with life one-on-one we're just trying to make sure that people don't continue to make the same money mistakes over and over and over again um again we're all going to we're all going to make mistakes but as coach jim caldwell used to say who obviously he was the the coordinator for yep. the Baltimore Ravens when they won, the, won super the super bowl yeah he was my head coach in Detroit, you know, uh, he said oh, uh, a smart man learns from his own mistakes, a wise man learns from the mistakes of others. Hmm. And so if we can all do that, learn from the mistakes of others, then it allows us to, w- when it comes to our money, keep preserve as much of it as possible, invest more of it, take more of it and spend it on yourself, spend it on your family, spend it on your community, right, as opposed to losing it trying to do it the wrong way or trying to learn this thing yourself right we're we're taught everything else in life we're taught about history we're taught about math we're taught all these different things but we're not taught about our credit we're not taught how to invest uh your portfolio in a smart way to save for retirement we're not taught about life insurance right and so for us it's again life 101 you know it, it, even when we're teaching athletes or we're teaching the average human being or we're teaching my mother, right? Life 101 is simply put, it's like, how do we better equip all of us to be able to deal with life financially and come out of this thing financially confident, right? Making money a tool as opposed to us always having to work for money.
0: It, it is powerful stuff, man. It's really powerful Thank stuff. You. So what all can we, obviously we want people to come out of the 25th. Yeah. and we we put up the uh, the flyer on our Twitter account at Glenn Clark Radio for you to find out more and get registered. But what else can we what what else can we plug that people need to know about you and everything you've got going on? Man,
5: I would just say, listen, if you if you're ready to get your money journey right, you know, come to life Our our site is up. We got a bunch of free resources and things like that. Um, but you know, we we have. I'm really excited for this summer. We're we're actually renovating. Uh, you know, obviously I'm a real estate investor, so I'm I'm using some real estate terms, over we're renovating the site right now. And uh we have some really cool products for you, some super well produced products for, for everyone to enjoy um coming later this summer. But um right now, you know, again, we just we just want to be a resource. So you know, feel free to reach out um at life101.io or to me becoke fifty one. Um, but in general, I, I just always appreciate you, Glenn. You guys have supported us from since day one, um, literally. Yep. And uh, it's pretty cool to be here this many years later to be doing these types of things on this, this quote unquote level um, and with no ceiling in sight. And 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 that's the beautiful thing. And I hope that, you know, what we can do is empower other people to to, to live that way as well, too. No ceiling in sight.
0: Brother, there will never be a day. We uh, truly are grateful. First of all, your story is amazing. But secondarily, we truly love the fact that you care about this place and want to help everybody in our city get more opportunities and and better themselves. And so we will support that forever, my friend. That will never, ever change. Brandon, uh, boy, I I, I hope somebody was listening today over in the castle because that would be a... (laughs) Be a hell of a story. Always appreciate you, man. Uh, and I know you and I are going to talk on the radio this weekend. Thank you for taking a couple of minutes for us here. and uh, Let's do this again on, on Sunday, all right? It's... Sounds good. I'll talk to you soon, boy. Brandon Copeland. Appreciate that, dude. Currently a free agent. After spending last year with the Falcons, former Allen Page Community Award winner, in the NFL, um, one of my favorite humans that has ever come through these parts. Appreciate him taking the time for us. Here on a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. All right. Now. Well mm. oh, that was a rough start. Oh, oh, fell off at the end.
1: We should get a recording of that. No, right? no, it's part it of the bit. So we can part play good. that every time. We can play it every time. No, so no, no. Part, whistle. Part Last Part of the week it was is good. to see
0: if I can actually deliver or not. Oh, okay. That's part of it. Okay. It's time for Young Utes. Young Utes brought to you by Glory Days Grill, where the spring seasonal menu has about one week remaining. And then it's gone Forever. It's at least I was gonna say gone till November, but it won't be back in November. It's gone forever, so get over there, try the opener, the flash fried pork belly with the Korean number two sauce, or the Cracker Jack Sunday, or the strawberry salmon salad. It's all there. It's all delicious at your neighborhood at Glory Days Grill. Get your order in, GloryDaysGrill.com. Hey, uh, so before we get to Young Utes, Carson, you have started a tiktok page yes follow glenn clark radio on tiktok so I, is it if i go to tiktok.com slash what glenn clark radio but it does it okay glenn, it should come up
6: i think let's
0: find out let me uh, get that answer. No, there, there appear to be two videos Yes, up. there are two videos. So what what is what are these two videos? So the first one was uh, last week when Andrew
6: said that he loved the idea of two guys. Oh, Hang That's on a second.
0: Do one we one have, one. have that audio? We, yeah, <laughs> uh, I believe we did. Do we have that audio? All right. Let's see. So sure do you this. have that? Yeah. All right. Ready? So, I right. love the idea of in a couple of weeks we get the U.S. Open, uh, Brookline Country Club in Massachusetts. I still do love the idea of two guys I gave you for the PGA Championship. Yeah, I really wanted to isolate it. just I love the I idea wanna, of two uh, guys. Hang on a second. Uh, Zach, please uh, please cut the audio of Andrew Steck is saying I still love the idea of two guys. So I just right, want I want this for the record. That. I need you to go back through. Before a show, we right? do um, a Weekend at Bookies next Thursday, thank, thank I need you to go through the audio and just pull out specifically, no context whatsoever. I just specifically need... Andrew Steck is saying, I love the idea of two guys. <laughs> okay. I can do That's that. That's really important for me. I'm gonna have Griffin. I'm gonna have Griffin, because okay. I just need the audio on this got it, got one. It. I just need I love the idea <laughs> of two guys. Cause I think we're gonna somehow uh, incorporate that moving forward when Andrew is a part of the program. Uh, he loves the idea of two guys. What's the other one?
6: Uh the second video was uh, a pretty interesting discussion that went down. Uh there were yeah. some there were some gambling odds discussed for Glenn to where certain clothing items like turtlenecks and sweater vests
0: oh, oh yeah i'm not <laughs> so i'm not much of a i'm not much of a uh a, t- a turtleneck man I'm sweater not. vest on the other sweater hand. vest oddly enough and it's ironic right like i do own two sweater vests there you and go. there's some irony involved um there was a story that involved a young lit le- i think we've all we i was young i l- believe it or not i was young once and one night I wore a sweater vest out and everybody made fun of me because this is, I'm trying to think of what year this would have been, 2003, 2004? Everybody's like, what are you, 80? Like, <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm just wearing a sweater vest out for a night. And we somehow all ended up back at this girl's place who... Um, and she loved the sweater vest. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay. okay. Was really into the sweater vest and I—what i the part that I didn't know is she was also into me and I didn't know that at the time, and we were playing some sort of game. I mean, it probably was Flip Cup or, you know, whatever it is that we were playing at the time. I don't know what the young youths play now. I don't know what the popular <laughs> drinking games are. Um, but whatever we were playing, she was like, let's put a bet on this. And I was like, okay, like, what, what did you have in mind? And it somehow involved her, like, if she lost, she was going to come back downstairs wearing nothing but the sweater vest and that was a very fruitful night for young Glen clark it was a very pleasant night <laughs> in young Glen clark's night life like it was a night i i think quite fondly of. <laughs> and the sweater vest became kind of like a, a part of the story moving forward well then i because your love for of sweater this particular vest. Yeah. night right like positive memories yeah. yes, with with the sweater this particular night yeah. associates with a, a really a, a seminal night in my not a seminal I mean it was a lovely night it's, it was it was really everything about it was quite lovely um, so i associate positivity with said sweater vest so i have brought that sweater vest i think it's gone now it's been nearly 20 years but i have brought that sweater vest out it should have been framed frankly <laughs> frankly it should have been framed uh, unlike uh, there was another young lady who in my this is a true story this is a straight shoot there's another young lady who thought that I would like it if she w- – I had, I had an autographed Juan Dixon jersey that was in a frame. Now, when you're in college, you don't, like, bother – a lot of times things are just sort of – like, I had it framed, but it was just sort of, like, lying on the wall. It yeah. wasn't – It was, like, leaned up against the wall. Right. Yeah. Like, it wasn't actually hanging up anywhere. So she apparently must have thought that, like – I don't know. I, I don't know what she thought. But I came back one day <laughs> – and she was lying in the bed in her underpants and the Juan Dixon jersey, and I was like, she thought that I would be very turned on by this, but believe it or not, I did not want to have uh, relations with Juan Dixon, <laughs> who I love, great respect for, but I did not have sexual feelings for Juan Dixon. And you can't get that jersey messed up. And that yeah, was and the other part of it, like right, like jersey. she was wearing an autograph. Now again, it's an autograph Juan Dixon. It's not like it was ever going to be. You know, some thousand dollar value, but it was something it's got that, sentimental. Yeah, value. it meant yeah. a great yeah. deal to me at the time because Juan Dixon had led Maryland to a national championship, and so I, I, I th- if I remember correctly, the story went, take that off, and she again <laughs> thought that I meant that in like a sexy way. She thought like it was all kind of part of the deal, and I was like, no, you, what are you, why would you think that would be something that you'd be allowed to do? I felt far different about that than I did the sweater vest, which again I, I've. I have a lot of pleasant connotations within my life. I, you all did not need to know these things. Wait, so she so took
6: the jersey out of the frame. To she put it took on? the jersey.
0: When I say it was framed, like it was, it was not like I spent like a thousand dollars on a frame. I got, you know, like a Walmart frame or something like that. Because okay. I was a college yeah. student, yeah. I was, I was poor, I was cheap, and so it all it really took was her like moving, twisting two knobs, <laughs> and the back of the frame came off. Like it wasn't as if she had to go through. She wasn't, like, uh, you know, this was not like a Mona Lisa situation from a week yeah, ago. Yeah. Like, there was not a lot of effort that had to be put in in order to get this frame out. So, yeah, I was I was not happy about that. Still, you know, a nice young lady, and, and I hope she's doing well, but um, not thrilled about that decision. Very thrilled about the sweater vest. The sweater <laughs> vest remains... In fact, it was awkward because I've been I'm still friends with that young lady to this day. And she'll like every now and then be hanging out. She'll make like a sweater vest joke and a, my wife will be there. Oh, yeah. and I'll be like, hey, maybe not now. This not, like not my time. wife might ask me a question about that later. Like she might say like, hey, what's the whole sweater vest thing about? And then I what am I going to do? I got to come up with a very elaborate lie about sweater vests. I don't know a whole lot of That's things, things about do. sweater vests. Exactly right. All right, so this has been the important part of the conversation. The moral of the story is that search Glenn Clark Radio on TikTok, and you're going to be posting more yes. TikToks? Yeah, I guess it means we have to do more just funny Just clips. Just yeah, we, clips. You <laughs> have to keep being <laughs> All right? yeah, like, yeah, Glenn, you got to keep... It puts keep, a lot of burden you, on you <laughs> you me. you got to keep being funny. Jesus Christ. i got to prepare material for, for your TikTok? At, at Glenn Clark Radio on TikTok is where you find us now, and it probably... It I don't know. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. I'm just not sure that my brand is for... By the way, this part right here might be the today's TikTok. Yeah, oh, it's me talking about most how... Definitely right, like, be. I'm not... A, I just don't know that my brand lines up with the TikTok brand.
6: See, I would argue that it does. I think, Griffin, you can... There's a yeah, lot of yeah, podcasts I mean, and, and radio show and TV show just, clips. Just people just talking Yeah, people just talk. I thought it was
0: a lot it, of dancing. I thought it was a lot of that. It depends,
6: yeah, like, kind of how
1: you interact with it. Yeah.
6: If you like... If you, the way you like, this dance, is if you like dancing and you like dancing this videos. Is something I you'll n- see dancing. I
0: know videos, as a fact. Not me. So. I will never follow Glenn Clark Radio on TikTok because it would require me to sign up for TikTok, and I will not do that. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. You can create a dummy page. So it looks like I'm following Glenn <laughs> Clark Radio on TikTok, but I will not be doing it because that will not become a part of my life. I've got way too many vices, bro. I got it every day. I got a hurdle. I got a wordle. I got a your hurdle. I got a quarter. I got way too much. I call it the Grand Slam. If I get all four, I feel like I hit a Grand Slam for the day. But I'm not adding more. I will not have more of my life be sucked away. I can't do it. All right, so I'm going to definitely start doing we we'll have it. to trick him into dancing at some point. God damn it, don't get me involved with this crap. <laughs> or a challenge of some sort. We'll have to do eat, a like challenge. Eat a Tide Pod or whatever the F it 50 is. 50 likes and Glenn will do a dance of your choice. God damn
6: we'll do a poll on the, on the on it's the not low. happening.
0: All right, what do you got? What do you got? Three stories. All right, what let's are the, do you, it. What are the young youths talking about, Carson?
6: All right, so there have been multiple people who have reported sighting zebras in California. And so these have all been like on open land, on... People have been driving on the highway and have been spotting zebras in these open fields. And come to find out, uh, this guy has been domesticating zebras. And well, That
0: can't be legal. I don't
6: think there's it is. There's no
0: way that's legal.
6: And some of them have gotten out, and so now there's loose, right, there's that loose can zebras happen. in California. That's
0: now. a big... Pr- By the way, of all... It, what a place to be right now. Gas is like $1,000 a gallon. And then, oh, by the way, there's fires every other day. And hey, if you survive all that, maybe a zebra will come and attack you on the road. What is happening to the... Is he being arrested? I is don't he, know.
6: I don't know if they've... I, need, I don't, know if they've, d- more I don't know if they've done anything to what, him what, yet. Do you have
0: a story that you actually pulled up, or is this the, just a loose thing that you found? Like, that was the story. But what, what is The article
6: story? was not long. It was a, the... There Marie, where does it
0: come from? Let me find it oh, again. Oh, God. For God's <laughs> sakes. Carson, come on. We got to do better. Is this a video of the zebras? Yeah, they're just, they're just
1: walking across a dirt road in California, I guess. I mean, they seem <laughs> docile. Like, they seem to just be chilling. Sure. Well, if they're
6: domesticated, then they should be.
3: Yeah. But that this w- is, this is just
0: basically
6: just a right? Like, There's Look,
1: things. I am all for you remember help. That, remember help. that movie Racing Stripes?
0: No. I most certainly before? do not. What? what in the F that, was Racing it was a really. Stripes?
1: It was like a zebra that became a racehorse. And his best friend was like a fly. It
0: was definitely a kids' movie. Yeah, I remember uh, liking it. It Definitely (laughs) a kids' movie. Of course you liked it. Um, Hang on a second. I gotta find this. The the, the guy's gotta be in. He's got. Yeah,
6: that's not legal.
0: This can't just be okay. Like I'm all for trying to do wonderful things for animals, but you can't just decide I'm going to domesticate zebras and nothing will go wrong. Like that can't be the answer to this question. Um, so, zebra King. Uh, it's like Tiger second. King. Yeah, thank you. Uh, d- dynamite. Dynamite. <laughs> incredible tipping. Uh, from the Sanluisabispo.com, the Tribune, I believe it's the San Luis Obispo Tribune. Encounters with wildlife in the mountains above Santa Barbara are not uncommon. Spend enough time, and eventually you're going to see a coyote or a bobcat, a rattlesnake, maybe even a mountain lion or a bear. One certainly doesn't expect to see a zebra. But that's what Marcos Chavez encountered on a recent bike ride. "Quote: The zebra started running at me." Unquote. Chavez said, <laughs> "Quote: It looked like air came out of its nostrils." Unquote. Oh like, that was like, like racing a stripes. Bowl? I swear to God, he's not wrong. I don't know. Are, do you work for the motion picture no, uh, company no. that produced I, racing stripes? It just made me think. No of one that. on the face of the planet has ever referenced racing stripes <laughs> as much as you've res- <laughs> referenced racing stripes. You've well, wa- you've watched it, it recently? No, I I definitely no, I, I, have not. I, I, I'm bored with the story. I need to know more about Racing Stripes. I, Perfect I, name I for the movie, though. Yeah, it was. I, it was a 2005 motion picture. So around the ta- time Back I was my prime, around the time I was wearing sweater vests, somewhere around there, I uh, was watching Racing Stripes and. T- racing Stripes is a 2005 American sports comedy family film. Yeah, sports. Sh- sure, horse race. Thank you. Depicted Zebras. by Frank, Frederick Duchow. The film was produced by... A- All right. ba, blah blah Script blah. It was released theatrically on January 4th. This, the film tells the story of Stripes, a circus plane zebra who was accidentally abandoned in Kentucky and raised on a farm next to a racing track. Believing he is a racehorse, Stripes dreams of training for and competing in the races. The film stars Hayden Panettiere. I enjoyed Hayden Panettiere's work. Didn't she marry... Uh, I guess I did too. Didn't she marry one of the Klischkos? Didn't she? I have no clue who... The, the boxer. You don't know who Hayden Penny is? Oh, God, you guys are so young. Jesus
6: Christ. Yeah, I was gonna, both of those I names. keep forgetting
0: how young you are. Do, you right, don't know who man. the Cli- well the Klitschko's became relevant again this year because one of them is the mayor of Kiev now. The Klitschko's were literally both really? heavyweight champions of the world, and now one of them is the mayor of Kiev and like went to the front lines of the, the war. Oh,
6: that guy. Yes, I did see that. Jesus Christ. I don't remember
0: which Klitschko she married, and I don't know if they're still married or not. Uh, It also features the voices of Frankie Muniz, uh, Malcolm in the Middle, (laughs) Mandy Moore, who I was absolutely obsessed with in 2005. Oh, Snoop Dogg was in there. I definitely saw uh, A Walk to Remember probably 200 times. Michael Clark Duncan. God, you guys are so young. I don't know how I'm going to be able to do this show. I don't know how (laughs) this is going to work. I need someone who has some knowledge of something. Michael Clark Duncan, the late Michael Clark Duncan, Jeff Foxworthy, Joshua Jackson from uh, Dawson's Creek. Uh, Steve Harvey, oh Joe Joey Pants, yeah Joey Pants, hundred yeah. um, percent. David Spade, <laughs> David Spade. cast. David Spade was definitely at the point of his career where he would do anything for money. No, like, one, no wonder I like this. He movie. had one strict rule: I will only work for you if you provide money. <laughs> like he might have gone on the Live Golf Tour at that point. Uh, Dustin Hoffman and Whoopi Goldberg. It is quite the cast. There's, There's no doubt about that. How much? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's just for the sake of it, for the hell of it. Uh, $90 million in the box office the on, budget, a 30, the budget on a $30 million yeah. budget. That's, That's impressive. Oh. Now the question is, what, uh, what does Rotten Tomatoes have to say about... Uh, duh, 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 I'm Google said 35% Ooh. on Rotten Tomatoes. 35%. So there's that. Hang on a second. Let me see if the audience feels differently about Racing Stripes. Racing Stripes. Letterboxd has 2.1 out of 5 stars. Not a great sign, no, my friend. No. This no. might not be something that you I should I watched it when I was 5. Out loud. But yet you're still putting it over. Yeah, you're. Still we brought up zebras and standing by uh, it. Yeah, audience score k- of forty-two percent. So not so great. I believe I just saw the new Jurassic fi- Park film. Does not have a great score on Rotten. I know. Tomatoes, I'm very disappointed. So it does not look good for the next Jurassic. I'll come Park back tomorrow film. with my review. All right. You're. Oh, you're going tonight? <laughs> yeah, I'll go tonight. Really? Yeah. My wife wants to see it this weekend, but the uh, 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, very discouraging. Makes, look, I've seen all of the Jurassic Park films ever in theaters. Like, In fact, the I think I had to lie to my parents in order to see the first Jurassic Park How film old were you when the theater. first one came? Yeah? I don't remember exactly how old I was. That's a good question, Griffin. Yeah. I was young. Olden, 93. Yeah, I was young. I was young enough that like You probably loved it. Like, I remember yeah. asking my parents about going to see it and them saying, "No. Were you scared?" Like, was it like Oh that scary? my god, I was yeah. absolutely like scared. but I trying to remember. I want to say that we went with my buddy's older brother, and so I was trying to be cool and pretend <laughs> like I wasn't scared, <laughs> and that was very difficult to do. That was a tough <laughs> thing. All right, number 2.
6: All right. So Taco Bell that's a personal favorite of mine uh, for, is this the, the, the thing in go. minnesota Yes.
0: it's stupid. We are making way too big of a deal of this i i'm going to i'm going so to go yeah, to war i don't Go, go ahead, know. go ahead.
6: All right, well, so Taco Bell er- opened its first. They're calling it, like, the high-tech locations. The first one just opened in Minnesota. They have, it's called a Defy
0: concept. I don't go. know why, but that's the name of the concept. That's what they look like. That right? was yes. sick. looks like yeah. a bank. Kinda. Yeah, it does. It looks exactly like a bank. You're 100% right. And, and the concept is very similar.
6: Yeah, exactly. So the concept is they have these digital screens when you pull in, and they're also supposed to have more lanes. So you pull in, and you order on the screen, and then your food like drops down to you mm-hmm. in like a capsule and yeah. you take it and you go. It's supposed to be a lot more efficient.
0: I were what? in Minnesota. Why? I was just
6: in
1: Minnesota. They, they need the address. Yeah, the why test.
0: that's the test market though, I don't know. Because the people who designed it actually are in Minnesota. Oh, so that's the go. reason for it. So I did I this is the type of thing you guys are rubes and boobs <laughs> because you are just willing to look at a shiny object and say Oh, my God, it's new, and it's cool, and I want it. I mean, this looks very uh, What happens when they drop down someone else's food down the tube? If you were having your food handed to you by someone, a person, and they handed you the wrong order, it does look like a you bag. would immediately be able to <laughs> say what? You'd be immediately able this to say, this ain't my food, and they'd say, oh, you're right, my fault, I'm sorry, your bag's sitting right here, I just grabbed the wrong bag. But there's no person there to hand you the food. So when the tube opens and it's the wrong food, what do you do about it?
1: I don't I know. I guess you just sit there until, uh, I, don't there's no, yeah, I don't know. There's no communication. That's why we have to go. Yeah. There's no speaker. <laughs> this why we, we got to go.
0: You now have to go drive, park, walk back in, which <laughs> defeats the entire purpose yeah. of why this started if... You went to the drive-thru after it's closed. I don't even know if that's going to be an option for you. You have to go back, get in line, go through the process again, say, hey, you gave me the wrong food, and let's be fair, it's a Taco Bell. At some point, you're going to get the wrong food. I get it. Popeye's far more likely. My favorite bit in the world is when somebody says, I just ordered an eight-piece from Popeye's. I can't wait to open up. It could be anything. (laughs) Like, who knows what it is that I got? Um, But this is going to occur. This is the type of thing. You guys are dullards. You're the marks they're looking for because you see, oh, Taco Bell. I'm young. I still pretend like Taco Bell is good. I love Taco Bell. And this looks cool. So sign me up. No, this is a bad idea. It's dumb. It improves nothing. It made sense only for COVID when we were all worried about, like, how many people were touching things. But even then, I, I don't know if you heard, somebody still has to make the food. I'm just really
1: – just because I was just in Minnesota, and this was in, mini- this was in Minneapolis, and I was just there. I think it just opened I, this week,
0: though. Oh, it did. I think it just opened this well, week. Well, I still could have seen the – Stop it. You all are sights. stupid. This is not a good idea. This is dumb. This is you guys thinking that it's a good idea because it looks cool. It's stupid. And because it involves tubes, and you've convinced yourself that if something involves <laughs> tubes, it must be cool. This is a bad idea. This is dumb. This is awful. It makes no sense, and you all are marks for playing along with it. Put that on TikTok. Number three.
6: Number three, last one. All right. I swear to God,
0: it's going to happen. You're going to open up the tube, and you're going to say, I ordered six tacos, and there's going to be a Mexican pizza sitting in there and nothing else. The shelves could also
6: break in the tube. That's one thing. They said 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 there's like a hydraulic thing that tries to like prevent that from happening.
0: Yeah, it's not just like (laughs) dropping (laughs) it down. Like 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 a dumb waiter. But (laughs) you're going to look there, and you're going to say, what the (laughs) F do I do now? This is not my food. I just spent. I have been the guy. I don't know if you remember the famous story of the girl that like went on a date and the guy ordered a hundred tacos. I don't know if you've that was a that was a TikTok. Oh thing, yeah, years I did, ago, I you remember, do that? remember that? Yeah. Um, I had a buddy named Cotter, um, the, and he one time I throw a party every summer, and he showed up one year with a hundred tacos, and it was such a baller move. It was so cheap, right? Like you, it's not you can. A, Maybe not you guys because you're young, but you can afford 100 tacos. Yeah. And you show up with 100 tacos and you just look like a baller, right? <laughs> and so I decided I wanted to do that somewhere else. The next event I went to, I decided to do the same thing. So let's say you're the guy who literally orders 100 tacos. That's, that is still $100 plus worth of food. Yeah. And what comes down the chute is a couple of Mexican pizzas. And, and you're like, what the hell, man? Like, what do I do here? There's no answer. There's no recourse there should be a human being at the window giving you your food because you should be able to say, hey, did you guys remember to put all the fire sauce in there that I asked for? No, you didn't? Well, no problem. We can correct it right now. If you don't, if they just put the food down and they forgot to give you your fire sauce, what are you doing? You're screwed. Bad idea. You guys are (laughs) marks. Shiny
3: red object. Oh, boy.
0: It's like you're the this the guy the the dog that was obsessed with the squirrels in the movie up. Like, uh, squirrel and you're just distracted by it. Well, this is stupid. <laughs> this cool. is not a good idea. This improves your experience in zero ways. It worsens it. I get to say I did it. Oh god, I hate you. <laughs> Finally, number 3. All right. So over the weekend. Marks. Just marks. You are exactly <laughs> who they're looking for. By the way, there are things that I am marks for. Don't get me wrong. Anytime anything pickle-flavored comes out, yeah. I'm going to go try it. And then I'm going to say, eh, that wasn't worth it. Only thing that should be pickle-flavored is pickles. All right. Now get the F out. All right. This is it. Carson, congratulations. You've been promoted.
6: <laughs> so the queen.
0: <laughs> Next oh, week, God. Griffin, we need you to train Carson on how to run the board. And then okay. do a really good job. All right, right. do All right. a really, <laughs> really good job of training Carson how to run the board. Okay. <laughs>
6: All right, out. so we're going overseas for the last one. Okay. Uh, the Queen's Jubilee ceremony. The young the youths weekend. care about
0: the Queen's Jubilee. Just, oh, by the way, just, thank you, Brian Powell. Uh, Hayden Penetier, uh and Vladimir Klitschko divorced in 2018. There That's very sad. I'm always sad. <gasps> uh, uh, Vitaly is the mayor of uh, Kiev, and both of and both he. And v- but Vladimir is also on the front lines of the war, so oh, the, okay. uh, good on the Klitschko's. Go ahead.
6: So, I'm. I don't think the young youths really care about the ceremony, but what happened during the ceremony is something that people are talking about. So the Queen's Guard and like a bunch of the soldiers were all there, and they all these these people have to stand at attention for like hours on end, and it's very hot, and these guys were just fainting, just passing out, Jesus dropping Christ. like flies, and. The thing, the, the, the worst part about it is no one can help them because they all have to be standing this there is in so uniform. Everything but
0: in th- these, are, when we talk here, about let institutions let me, let me, we need to fight, this list. is the institution that needs to be brought down. This institution is bull ass. Yeah. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire life. Well, that's not true. I've heard far dumber. This is very dumb, though. Yeah. It's also the hard ass thing about the heat that people have. Like, oh, what? You can't take a little heat? People die in the heat. There's a reason why every stadium that's built should have a roof on it now. Because you know what I'm not going to do on a Sunday afternoon any longer? Go sit in 105-degree heat with the sun trying to murder me. I'm out. Forget it. Not going to occur. All right, we've
6: got a total. We've got five of the guards fainted. Jesus Christ. And what they do is I looked up the process. I did a little bit of research. It's so they have to wait until it's like the proper time and like the queen is not present or something like that, and then they finally get two dudes to bring a stretcher out and they take the guy away. But they just—it's like a whole row of soldiers at attention, and then this one, and then one of them. And and by the way, they
0: they believe that's a statement about so like like no, we couldn't do that to the queen. We couldn't if somebody dies because they couldn't get there. Then it was worth doing it for the queen. Jesus Christ. I don't know if the Queen has any power. I think she's no, more of a symbol. She's a, I symbol. Yeah, she's a symbol. But ah, uh, trust me, I've got British friends. You don't mess around with it. It's more important than life itself, legitimately, as is proven by the yeah. fact there you go. that these people are willing to die just to stand near the Queen. We got problems, man. Society. No, we're not taking a break. We can right. we can break after uh after we do this. It's a joke, man. Um <laughs> Proctor does point out the 38% on Rotten Tomatoes is twice <laughs> the score of Morbius. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I was so excited about Morbius. I'm really mad about how it all looks. Um, also, do you look like. Hang on a second. I'm trying to tell. Proctor's also trying to tell me that you look like somebody, I think. So. Uh, I have a couple da-da. lookalikes
6: that people. that I get sometimes.
0: Uh, yeah. All right. Anyway. Anyway. Good job, good job. Thank I don't you. know if the young youths care about the Queen's Jubilee thing. People I care I, about
6: the the guys passing out.
0: I don't think that specifically young young people have very little humanity. They're far more interested in the Taco Bell thing that sucks than they are in, like you know, humanity. Unfortunately, Not true. Unfortunately, that's the case. All right, good job, Carson. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you. All right, um, let's talk a little bit more you know we, we earlier in the week we were dealing with the the additional information that we got about grayson rodriguez and his grade two lat strain and someone that we typically um go to whenever we deal with injuries but t- usually football injuries is our friend dr david chow and i didn't know um just because we're not even talking about like a baseball injury we're talking about literally a minor league baseball injury i had no idea if Dr. Chow would be able to tell us more, but he certainly knows about lat strains. Let's make that abundantly clear. And joining us now from SICscore.com, the former Chargers team physician, Mr. Pro Football Doc himself on Twitter. He is our friend, Dr. David Chow, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Dr. Chow, it's Glenn and Griffin in Baltimore. It's always good to chat with you. Thank you for taking the time for us. Uh,
2: You're welcome, and I'm thrilled to chat with you, primarily not about Ravens,
0: Right, yes, for a change. And usually,
2: I am have the bearer of bad news for that. But, uh, well, yes, and thanks for asking about baseball. Look, I've covered baseball some in my uh, career as a team physician. However, I don't have the same vast breadth of experience that I do in football as a head team physician for, for a couple decades, et cetera. So we actually started Sports Injury Central, to be Kleenex for all injuries. So we cover Major League Baseball and Minor League Baseball when it's a top prospect. And we have a former Texas Rangers doctor, a Chicago Bulls doctor, a oh, wow. Rockets doctor, et cetera. So we have a panel of pro team doctors now that we consult with, kind of taking the pro football con- concept wider. And, and hopefully uh, there won't be so many injuries in the Baltimore area. But we even have a preseason injury preview that actually got quoted in Ravens.com, where we were a little bit pessimistic on J.K. Dobbins. Ravens.com uh, It's com not okay. quoted
0: us. It's very, it's very much not okay. Let's let's come back to that in a second, okay. because we're not all right with that, Doc. Um, right. Let's start. When I say the words, grade two lat strain, dumb, remember, yeah, as I'll always, I'm a dumb guy. What does that mean? What what do I need to know about a grade two lat strain for Grayson Rodriguez?
2: Well, as an orthopedic surgeon, we're often called in the medical profession "boneheads," so we'll keep it simple here, no issues. Grade two, to overly simplify, is a moderate lat strain, okay? And one being mild and three being severe, mild, moderate, severe. So by definition, the bad news is a moderate strain means that there's tearing of the muscle and tissue. Partial, but there absolutely is tearing if you looked at it on MRI slash with a microscope. So it's a partial tear of the lat, grade two. That's the bad news. It is a tear. The good news is no surgery, and it's going to get better. But the question, of course, is
6: how long?
0: Right. And I feel like it's how long combined with is it so? You know, a lot of people say, "Hey, maybe he could be back by September." And then there's this follow-up: "Well, like, is it worth it? Like, you know, it, it, the Orioles are not likely to be, um, you know, contending in September. And Grayson Rodriguez has not yet pitched at the major league level. Anyway, oh, we all think he was getting there. It, is it worth it to try to rush? Um, timetable-wise, would it make sense for someone to attempt to come back and pitch, knowing? the violence in, in what you're doing in as early as September from an injury like this, especially given that it's not likely to matter all that much?
1: Well, you know, what
2: matters is his development long term, right? He's his top prospect. What he does on the field this year doesn't matter. So I think that's the lens that the Orioles will treat this with. And uh, thank you guys for bringing it up. We might not have covered it if you hadn't called and asked about it. It's worth covering. So we do have the article up at uh, Sports Injury Central, com, And what we say there is if he were in the major leagues, which he's not right now, this would be a 60-day IL-type injury. Okay. This is not 15-day pitcher injury. It's not grade one, it's grade two. He would be out for 60 days. Then there's some ramp-up period. You know, Let's say he felt better at 45 days. There's still a ramp-up period. But this typically would have him out a couple of months. If you have him out a couple of months and it's early June, this takes you into August and here comes September by the time you're ready. Is it worth it to ramp him up in that way, or do you uh, rest for uh, the next season or sort of slow the rehab process down and be careful? What you don't want to do is what's happened or what has seemed to happen to Jacob deGrom, the Mets pitcher, the end of last year, middle of last year, he's got this, he's got this, he's got that. We don't think it's on collateral. Now it's partial on collateral. There's a shoulder issue. And then he comes into this year with a scapula stress fracture. Injuries beget injuries. And the worst thing that you could do for a young, rising pitcher is return him too early. His mechanics are changed. And now you have an elbow issue or a shoulder mm-hmm. issue. Right now, it's just an upper back lat issue. It is part of the throwing motion. You can't push him on this. And uh, looking long-term is what's best for him and what I would expect the Baltimore organization
0: to do. He is Dr. David Chow. I, and and the, we're going to link to the article at SICscore.com that they wrote um, about Grayson Rodriguez. We'll get that on our Twitter, at Glen Clark Radio. And, Doc, you guys reference in there a similar injury for Dak Prescott, but as you said, the quarterback, is as much as both of them are throwing balls, there are differences between playing quarterback and and, and being a pitcher and the velocity and what it, what it requires and why maybe the recovery would be a little bit different for a quarterback than for, you know, a, a, a guy who throws the ball, you know, roughly 100 miles an hour.
2: Well, you know, last season, at the beginning of the season, Dak Prescott had a, a lat strain, again, He's quarterback versus pitcher. But that was also mild, probably grade one, and he missed essentially all of preseason. Well, kind of everything that... That Grayson Rodriguez does right now is, is preseason, right? Because he's not in the big, so you want to be careful with him. And he's a great too. So uh, I think that's where it is. And the other difference between quarterback to point out is is the effort on your throws. A quarterback in a game or a practice isn't typically throwing near max, trying to throw into a tight window. It's more about timing and ball placement and throwing to the right spot, not necessarily putting it on a line so it's much different than throwing in the mechanics for a quarterback and a pitcher that's why you have to be more cautious even so with pitchers and what's going on is
0: it is it something that we should be long-term concerned about like again even if we just say hey sacrifice this year give him more time to recover is there any reason to think that this will alter how Grayson Rodriguez pitches or whether he's again his velocity is what makes him so enticing? Right? I mean, there's a lot of things that make him enticing, but particularly his velocity. Is there any reason to have long-term concern because of an injury like this?
2: Uh, Isolating a lat strain is not of any long-term concern unless there's something with his mechanics that predisposes him to uh, issues or injury. And I'm quite sure that Orioles will look over that. In and of itself, the lat strain doesn't bother me at all long term but why it came it's a fluke okay it's here it's going to be fine if there's something mechanically that he's doing that's causing it that's the only time you might be concerned
0: i, I might i'm going to ask you one that it's totally understandable doc if you say hey that one is not in my wheelhouse but it you know one of the things that we're worried about with grayson rodriguez is he's never pitched more than a hundred innings in a year and if he doesn't pitch the rest of this season and they prioritize, you know, opening day next year and he's in the rotation for the Orioles, a starting pitcher, you're hoping that a guy like that could go 200-some innings. Um, medically, does it make sense? I, I keep trying to explain to people, I don't. I, it just doesn't seem right to me. It seems like there's no way that you can ramp up from having never pitched more than 100 innings to as many as 200 innings. That's crazy. Does medically it sound like that's a bad idea in the development of a pitcher?
2: Well, I think you have to look at, uh, uh, on a day-to-day, week-to-week basis, I mean, look, it's probably not a great idea to if he's only got 50 innings to pitch him if he's fatigued in some way, shape, or form, right? Sure. So you just have to look and see the, the situation and take it game-by-game, situation-by-situation. I'm i not a big fan of saying, uh, you know, okay, he hasn't pitched... Uh, more than 180, so we're going to put an artificial limit of 120 on you. Well, look, that limit might be 80, depending on his situation. Or it could be 180, depending on how he's feeling and what's happening. So I I think to just look at um, analytics and say, in general, people shouldn't do this, uh, it gives you a picture, but I think you have to look at it on an individual basis. Uh, looking at his mechanics what he throws how he's throwing his effort how he's feeling what his pattern is and yes there are ways to analyze his throwing mechanics and if your mechanics are still good then you know he's in good position to uh, not be injured and, and potentially continue
0: all right now let's go back to what you said earlier Which is, you're not so bullish about J.K. Dobbins, and that's not okay because we're ready for J.K. Dobbins to be the biggest star in all of football this season. Why are you maybe a little bit more apprehensive about J.K. Dobbins as he comes back from an injury this year, Doc?
2: Yeah, and uh, for the complete answer, six score, and you can search J.K. Dobbins. We have a whole fantasy profile series, and and the concern is that it's not all ACLs are the same, and you can't say, well, this did this from his ACL and he's fine. It's reported as an ACL, but it's what else, in addition to the ACL, that helps determine sometimes the recovery. And by video and by reports, there seems to be involvement in with a second lig- ligament, the LCL. And that is what adds to the concern. So you can't say, hey, he was an early season ACL and so he's got the time and he's ready to go. I think that LCL component adds to what's happening here, which is why we right now have him at a lower six score. And what we do with six scores is, say, expected output from projections. You know, in the 90s, you're good. You're pretty healthy. But as you, the lower you go, the, the lower our expectations for the season. And right now I think he's more in the 70 range. And we'll see. We'll see how he does. We'll see how he moves. I'm sure there'll be lots of video popping sure. up. But there's some uh, caution here that uh, because it's more than just an
0: ACL. Is there something that we can watch out for? Like, again, the dumb folks. Is there something we can watch out for as we see him in practice and say, hey, if he's doing this, that's probably a pretty good sign?
2: Well, look, they're all great athletes. And you can – I mean, this happens all the time. People put out a video – Uh, Okay, let's take, for
7: example, Odell Beckham last year. Sure.
2: About this time, put out a video on a treadmill saying, and everyone jumped on how well he was doing. I commented and saying, I'm not sure he's doing that well because straight line running is not the issue. It's deceleration and cutting. And uh, OBJ actually replied to that and agreed that he wasn't there yet. These guys are great athletes. Anytime you put out a video and see them running, it's unbelievable. Look, uh, about a month ago, Michael Thomas put out a video from the Saints with some straight line running, and everyone thought, oh, he's doing very well. And we wrote and said, I'm not so sure. Uh, I still see a hitch in that gait. And, you know, projections based on timeline and his two ankle surgeries, and he's still not 100% by looking at this video, he may be the Saints' number three receiver this year, this year behind Jarvis Landry and Chris Olave. And guess what? He showed up at minicamp, and he wasn't allowed to work out.
0: Okay. Okay, you're right. You're right. I, I hear you. I hear you. All right. And I hate to be the bearer of bad news. And, you know,
2: look, uh, you know, I'm try- just trying to give it to you. It can't be perfect. Give it to you as they see it. Look, uh, uh, coaches have to do their jobs in teams. I mean, you guys probably remember that the last four weeks of the season, Lamar Jackson, every week it was, we think this is the week he's going to play. He's going to, you know, he's closer, and, and all this anticipation, what we call coach speak. And look, that's John Harbaugh's job, so I'm not hating him. Right. Our job is to give it honestly. Every week we said, no, he's not playing. And we said it on Monday. And of course, come Friday, the report would come out, he's not playing. And uh, so that's kind of what we try and do. I hear you. Uh, Cypher... Uh,
0: the no, no, it, it's driving me. Well, I, can I can I get a, a thirty second answer on uh, Are you work? Do you think that Julio Jones has anything left at this point, or is that just done?
2: Well, Julio Jones, I think he's an unbelievable receiver physically there, but you know, age wise is the question, right? I mean, uh, uh, he's he's had a string of things, and 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 Father Time is undefeated, and uh, it's one thing to play quarterback into your forties, but wide receiver is a whole different ballgame.
0: There's no doubt about that. All right, and then uh, are you seeing something about Steph Curry?
2: Yeah, well, Steph Curry obviously had this foot issue. He says it aggravated about it, but here's the headline, and we're posting an article soon, that I actually have more worry for Jason Tatum and his shoulder and his sneaker than I do for Steph Curry and his foot, even though that Steph Curry's foot seems to be the conversation since he left off the podium and acknowledged a foot issue.
0: All right. We will be looking forward to more information about that. Again, SIC6score.com is the website. At ProFootballDoc on Twitter is how you follow him. Doctor, is anything else we can plug for you, man?
2: Oh, no. I'm just uh, happy to have a conversation. and uh, Somehow we still got the Ravens. Yeah, we did. We
0: always do, and we always will. (laughs) One of these days, we're going to call, and you're going to be like, Glenn, I've got great news for you, but that day – It's just probably not going to come anytime soon, unfortunately. Doc, appreciate taking the time for us, as always, sir. Let's do it again soon, all right? All right, thanks. Dr. David Chow, uh, former Chargers team doctor, pro football doc on Twitter. Like the idea that there's no reason to have any long-term concern about the injury specifically with Grayson Rodriguez. Um, although he does point out like hey if there's something about his delivery that leaves him more susceptible to that injury that's something the Orioles will have to take a look at today's show also brought to you by simply the bets every tuesday morning at eleven forty a.m we bring you simply the bets every other thursday morning at eleven forty a.m so it'll be back next week by the way i, I didn't even realize andrew Steka was checking in i'm sorry andrew Steka was checking in He's mad because I don't care about golf, but, you know, he does. So he's like, hey, uh, the future of the PGA Tour does impact some of us. Okay, fine. Not me. Not my concern. Uh, points out the uh, big thing we're constantly missing when we talk about this is that the PGA Tour isn't run by the U.S. government. So the, But the U.S. isn't a great country either, arguments don't hold water. I Completely agreed. There's no – and we'll do this, the secondary thing. We'll say, like, oh, you take money from Nike, huh? Well, you know, Nike's involved with this country, and they do this. This is direct. This is a straight shoot. There is no way to get lost in translation or to say anything other than you are choosing directly to participate in sports washing for a murderous terrorist regime. That's it. Direct decision that you've made to be involved with this. Look man, I'm a, you know, I do a pro wrestling podcast and they go to Saudi Arabia and do events and it it's gross and we talk about how gross it is. Now, you know, I don't I don't refuse to watch them. So if you're a golf fan and you say I'm not going to refuse to watch this, I I don't I don't know all the right answers. The cognitive dissonance thing, I it this is not easy. It's not. It's like what I talk about with like, it's easy for me to say I won't listen. I love the Ignition remix. It's one of my favorite songs ever made, but I'm okay saying, I've, I know enough about R. Kelly now to say as much as I love that song, I'll never listen to it. I'll never play, play on it anywhere because I don't ever want to see Robert, uh, Robert Kelly get another penny for that song ever again in his life. Despite the fact that it is one of my, it was my go-to at karaoke for years I love that song more than I love much of anything else in music, but I won't do it. I don't feel the same way about Michael Jackson because I just think there's enough gray area there that I don't know with certainty whether or not Michael Jackson was actually a monster. Might have been. There's certainly been plenty of accusations that have been made, but like that documentary that looked to be so damning, within 24 hours, the damning information that was presented was kind of ripped apart because they were factual inaccuracies in what these people were saying. So I don't know if you're a golf fan, whether you watch the, if you want to watch it, I guess, I don't know. I don't have the answers for you. But if you're taking money, you know exactly what you're taking money to do. Come back in. We will get a tidbit and Tubi to wrap it up for the week. It is a Thursday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. help.org are you ready soccer fans this summer the english premier league returns to baltimore arsenal
4: everton square off in the charmed city match july 16th under the lights at m&t bank stadium home of the baltimore ravens this is your only opportunity to take in a premier league match this summer in the mid-atlantic region individual and group tickets are on sale at BaltimoreRavens.com.
0: The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, Luke Jackson profiles Orioles catcher Adley Rutschman diving into where his passion for baseball and for catching comes from, and how he uses that passion to elevate those around him in the Orioles organization. Also inside, Bo Smolka takes a look at how the Ravens 2021 draft picks can make progress in year two, and Glenn Clark offers a very unique tribute to former rival Mike Krzyzewski that all Maryland fans can appreciate. Press Box is available for free at over 500 areas locations, including 60 Royal Farm Stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps
3: at PressBoxOnline.com. To follow the show on Instagram, it's just Glenn Clark Radio, and to follow the show on OnlyFans, wait, I don't think you're supposed to know about that one.
0: Any hoodle, take it away, boys. All right, winding down for a Thursday edition of the program, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit brought to you by... Uh, The FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. Again, game for tomorrow night in the FanDuel Sportsbook, UFC 275 on Saturday night. Reserve your spot. Big crowds expected for both. So if you want your own table, great food, access to the 61 self-service kiosks. If you want reclining chairs for you and your spouse, you and some buddies, whatever it is, email events.com at sportssocialmd.com say, "Hey, we're thinking about coming out Friday night do you have a table available for us do you have because when you get there there's a chance that there'll be some seating available, but there's also a chance that it'll be standing room only by that point because these are big crowd events NBA Finals, UFC fights, Friday night for game four, Saturday night for UFC 275. they're going to show the Belmont that you unfortunately just cannot bet on it. It's just the nature of the laws in the state of Maryland. You have to bet on horse races at the tracks. So they'll show it. If you have another way to go about betting on it, you know, uh, (laughs) they'll look look the other way. You can watch it and then hang out for UFC 275 afterwards in the FanDuel Sportsbook, Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Which got, tidbit-wise?
1: All right, so uh, we'll go ahead and plug uh, the Tuesday show, Simply the Bets, once again. If you were listening, do you remember what uh, Aaron Oster's love bet was?
0: His love bet, what?
1: It was Robert Williams, over one and a half blocks. Oh, that's right, yeah. yeah and yeah. he got that. He, he, uh, well, apparently, that. he's gotten it every yeah. game, and they've just never yes. moved the yeah. number. He got that uh, 40 seconds into the second quarter,
0: yeah. on his way to four blocks in the I game. I don't really understand why they haven't moved that number. Yeah. Um, so that's Man, just I guess, free money guess, at this point. I guess point. it's tough, right? Because you have to move it a full block essentially, and I, I don't yeah.
1: know. I don't know. Um, so he's at ten blocks now in the series, um, and so you know that made me start got me thinking about who were the best defenders, best shot blockers, and have the best se- single series in an NBA Finals. So Glenn, I would like to see if you can get. Can you tell me who the top seven? Uh, Players are with the most blocks in a single Probably NBA Finals. Not, but so Robert Williams has ten right. uh, through three games, and he doesn't crack like the top twenty yet. Okay, uh, uh, but he is on his way to. How about up Dennis there. Rodman? Dennis Rodman not top seven. How about Shaquille O'Neal? Shaq is not top seven. He is on there on the list. He's uh, he's too far down for me to count. But he's got seventeen in 2000, no, 2001 NBA How about finals. Bill Russell? Bill Russell, looking for green on here. No, I don't see Bill Russell on here. Maybe they was, was block, blocks might not have been a stat back then.
0: Uh, I don't, I don't, even, I even think about that. Yeah. Um. Uh, Mutombo made the finals, but I, has, I don't. Th- I'll say Mutombo, but I don't think he was no. in the finals long enough because it was, it was only. I think the only time he made the finals was the Nets. Yeah, he is not on there. Mutombo was, did not make
1: for, uh, for blocks in a single NBA finals. Uh, how about... There's a lot of long guys here. How <laughs> about... Carson jumping Sure. How course. about a Akeem Olajuwon? There you go. He good is
6: one number three one.
1: That's a good one. in 1994. How about Tim Duncan? Tim Duncan is number one. Yeah. Ooh, 32. Right. He had 32 blocks in a single series. It was a six-game series, too. He had 32 Jeez. blocks in 2003.
0: Um. So
1: you have one and three, yeah. Elijah one had twenty seven for reference, but Duncan had thirty two. Robert Parrish, hail to the Chief. He is no, he is not on there. Oh, Did not make the list. How about Kareem? Yep. Yes. Okay. Kareem Abdul Jabbar, number four. He had twenty three blocks in five games back in nineteen eighty. How about Oh.
0: How about
6: could Moses Malone be on the list?
1: Uh he is not top 7 and I do not see him here in like the top 20ish.
6: <laughs> how about
0: How about LeBron?
1: No, not LeBron. I think uh steals. I think LeBron's up yeah, there I'm but sure not block. You think yes. of the
0: famous block from the
1: show. Sure. Um, yeah, he had 16 back game in, 7. He had 16 blocks back in 2016. Uh Kevin McHale. He is high on the list but not top 7. Jesus
0: mm-hmm. Christ.
1: He had 15 blocks in 1986. All right. You're going to have to start. Game. How about Ben Wallace? <laughs> there you go. Oh, yeah, Ben that's good Wallace. Good that's a good one. Number seven. No, number six. Number I'm six, gr- Ben Wallace. i about Draymond. No, Draymond Green, not Jesus on here. Jesus Christ.
0: <laughs> I'm getting my ass kicked. Carson's got three of them.
1: Um, there is, let's see. What we got two left? One guy number from two. this millennium and then yeah you have three so,
0: left total. That's, that's not helpful at all <laughs> 2001 but you're you're <laughs> saying it's one guy and then the, the other two so 12, we, so well, I so basically we should be naming hard. players from ever is what you're saying yeah you should. you're not you're not <laughs> zeroing it down in any way
1: Paul Gasol no not top 7 he is high up though he had
0: 18 back in 2010 great <laughs> helpful how about alonzo mourning no he is not on there and they were uh, he actually now that I think about it he was he didn't even play when they made the finals. Um <laughs> good moral support there. Yeah, he was. It was solid moral support. Yeah.
1: But Tyson know? Chandler. No, not Tyson Chandler.
0: I got to remember if he even No. Yeah, I, I
1: don't know if he played in the finals. Yeah, I like with I, the Mavericks. Yeah,
0: 100% with the Mavericks. Well, it's funny too cuz I was about to say DeAndre Jordan but I'm like no, he wasn't. <laughs> that was Tyson Chandler. Um God. I and mean, what Tumbo might have played in the Sixers finals now, too, now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, in
6: like 01
0: or 0-1. Yeah, but that was a five game Somebody series from the
1: 90s. A player from the 90s.
0: 90s. Horace Grant. No,
1: he was, he was, only, he was in guess. Space Jam. He was
0: in Space Jam. Sean Bradley. No. <laughs> was in, who was the rest of them in Space Jam? It was Sean Bradley. It was Muggsy Bogues. I don't think it was Muggsy Bogues. No, it wasn't Muggsy Bogues. Um, it was. Oh, God, who are the others? Oh, my God, why am I blanking on who the others were? Was he a bull? Uh,
1: it wasn't David Robinson.
6: Oh, no, that was another good one.
1: I why do him. I remember Sean? Bra- why is that <laughs> the
0: one? Just
6: because he's freakishly
1: tall. A New York Nick?
0: Oh, oh, Ewing? Yeah, Ewing. Yeah, Ewing, Ewing is only a little number two. He had 30 blocks that's in '94. That's, that's
1: surprising considering yeah. they didn't do so well. Um 4.3 blocks a game in that series. That's seven game series all right, all right so then you have one more player from the seven. Right, we, we just give me th- we got all right so uh bill walton oh, 22 man, 22 yeah. in 1977 Kay. dwight howard rounds out the top seven uh. he had 20 blocks in five games he had 20 blocks uh, was that the one they lost to la yes.
0: wow yes. jeez Yeesh. Right, i mean he was there w- the one player yeah that had. was that yeah, was yeah. it it was, it was him and Turkaloo. it was pretty much it, it. it was not not good all right, um, very good. Tubular. Uh, I, you know what? I've got all the sponsors. I don't even... It, it's brought to you by me. Me, yes. Uh, here's what's coming up tonight. Totally tubular. Mass and two Orioles Royals at eight. Jordan Lyles, because he didn't pitch last night, will instead pitch tonight against Chris Bubich. Bubich? I'm not really sure if I'm being honest with you. Bubik? Bubich? 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 I don't know. Actually, you have, no, that's not right. You have no <laughs> clue. You have no <laughs> clue. This is... When I don't know, I can say I just don't know. It's <laughs> nothing like that when somebody else jumps in and is like... I. Maybe it's I I know what it might be. I just don't know what it is. Mass and Nationals Marlins 640. It's also on MLB network in the rest of the country. MLB network uh Dodgers White Sox at 2, then uh, Rockies Giants at 5, locally Pirates Braves at 7, Red Sox Angels at 9:30. Game 2 of the Women's College World Series. Texas is a machine. Like Oklahoma, Oklahoma, Oklahoma sorry. Oklahoma, yeah, 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 that's what I meant Oklahoma. to say. Oklahoma. Is I mean that machine. game was over in the first inning. Yeah. Game two, is they try to wrap that up, a title tonight at 7.30 on ESPN2. Uh, game five in the Eastern Conference Finals, pivotal game five, is the Lightning and Rangers are tied up two apiece, 8 o'clock on ESPN. Round one of the Canadian Open at 3 o'clock on the Golf Channel. UEFA Nations League, Portugal, Czech Republic at 2.45 on FS1. Uh, WWE Network for NXT UK at 3. AXIS TV for Impact Wrestling at 8. Some non-sports highlights. Not much doing. Uh, Fox uh, at 8 o'clock, MasterChef Junior.
1: Um, and then I mean the big thing I think is Jurassic, Jurassic World uh, Dominion well, coming that's out. That's in though. theaters. That's it's in not theaters. I, I mean there's there's it. really nothing. All right. There's that's really nothing matters. Rat in the you kitchen. You will not show it disrespect. Okay, well, I'm not, but right. it's, that, it's it's they're not they they,
6: they they can't headline. All right. All,
0: right. All right, Carson, you are on social media. Uh yeah, just at Carson Ware and where's W A I R E. And uh, you should follow at Glen Clark Radio on TikTok. Yes, please do follow at Glen Clark Going Radio big time. on TikTok. Yeah, uh, we'll see. We'll see.
1: Be there in no time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, thanks today to uh, Dr. David Chow. Thanks also to um, oh God, why am I Tony Massenburg? Jesus Christ! No, it just happened. There, it's like I got a stroke. And uh, Brandon Copeland as well. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the <laughs> Better Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. Tomorrow on the program, Stan the Fan is going to sit in with us uh, from 10 to noon. Looking forward to that. Jim Bowden will join us. We'll have uh, some MLB MLB draft talk and just some Orioles talk in general with Jim Bowden, what he thinks about the Trey Mancini situation. We'll do all of that on the program tomorrow as well as stuff and things. Thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including... Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, Great 8's memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the Charm City Match, the Baltimore Orioles, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Griffin, at Griffin underscore Bass. Thanks to Ryan at Rex Ryan. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and, tic- Hello. and TikTok. And TikTok. At Glenn Clark Radio. Have a great Thursday night. Uh, go Birds. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks too.